one, one, two, check me out right here, yo. Yo, the sun don't shine forever, but as long as it's here, then we might as well shine together. Better now than never, business before pleasure, P. Diddy and the fam, who you know do it better. Yeah, right, no matter what, be yeah, tight. So when you hear something, make sure you hear it right. Don't make it out of yourself by assuming our music keeps you moving. What are you doing? You know that I'm two levels above you, baby. Love me, baby. I'm going to make you love me, baby. I'm going to crazy. Ain't going to get you nothing to choke. And that jealousy is only going to leave you broke. So the only thing left now is God for these cats. And make you know you too hard for these cats. I'm going to win because I'm too smart for these cats. While they making up facts. Yeah, yeah, live, back in action, acting a fool, playing a cool, giving you all the tools and fuel to get a degree in sports school. This is the one and only Third and Three podcast brought to you by Anchor Radio and presented by the Sports Column. My name is Jason Fearman, alongside my virtual partners, Tricky Nikki G and the real deal, Damian Adams. We have a hell of a show for you guys today, but first, Let's say hey to the rest of the hosts on third and three. Nikki, what it be? Hi, I'm happy to be back with you guys. Did you miss knowledge with Nikki? Very much so. Okay. Yes. Well, I had to get my, <laughs> fresh, my fresh tan in Miami, so I'm back, ready to go. Oh, she, she's back. That means, uh, D, we're not going to get multiple answers right like last week. We know that off the bat, but it should be fun. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to the challenge of Naj with Nikki. Glad to have Nikki back this week. I'm happy, man. Ready to go. You know, it's always fun with you guys. Every Wednesday is like a field trip when you're a kid, you know, doing this the show with you guys. So definitely <laughs> am ready for it. <laughs> I love it. Yep, it's fun. It's like, you know, you think all day, it's like, ah, yeah, I've got third and three tonight. And then you look, it's four, four thirty, five. It's up. Time to get ready to get this thing going over here. All right. And that's what we love. Third and three, bringing it to you, me, and everybody. It's it's a hell of a lot of fun. And that's why we do it. We love our football. And we're going to keep it going off season, get into some NBA action a little bit as, as it comes along. So a lot of fun, a lot of things to talk about, and not even just sports. Nikki's going to bring along that pop culture and you never know what's going to happen with knowledge with Nikki. All right. So Damien and I kind of like took it a little easy on each other last week, but now we're, you know, ready to go back to it and roll over here and get the real knowledge, you know, and get that understanding with Nikki over here. But uh, before we start the show, we love to give our shout outs and I will start off if you don't mind. My shout out goes to strike seven sports with Derek branch at D R B as in boy. That's Branch, 84, lead writer and owner of Strike 7 Sports. And they're at Strike 7 Sports. That's the number seven. It's a sports website covering everything. The NFL, the Memphis Tigers, and Damien's team, the New Orleans Saints. So shout out to my boy, our boy, Derek Branch, Strike 7 Sports. Follow him at Strike 7 Sports or and at DRB ranch 84 so that's my shout out of the week ladies and gentlemen nikki i would love to hear yours yes how about our friend chris mascaro always retweeting the show showing us love we appreciate it he is the host of thursday night tailgate and next on the t so a little bit of golf a little bit of football you can follow chris on twitter at ct 
M-A-S-C-A-R-O. So check out his show again, Thursday night tailgate and next on the T. No doubt. Yes, he is. He's awesome. He's always given the shout outs. He's got his own show. He's very diverse and he does a great job. He works hard. So I'm with you over there. No question. All right, D, your shout out for the week. Yeah, man, it's a small world. You know, Derek Branch actually went to the high school um, that I went to for a little bit after Hurricane Katrina. Um, oh, what? How about that? Yeah, small world there. Uh, for my shout out, I'm going to go to Keisha Swafford. Um, you can find her on Twitter at Keisha underscore writer 24. Um, that is K-E-I-S-H-A underscore writer, as in writing 24. Um, she covers all types of different stories from high school sports to different small businesses on her YouTube channel and on Twitter. Go ahead and check her out. Always dropping dope content. That's Keisha underscore writer 24. Well, I love it. I love it. Great shout outs over there, guys. And that's what we do. We take care of people. You guys take care of us. So it goes around and around. And that's the way it's going to go. And where we got to go right now is the neighborhood news. So let's get this bad boy going. Notes and notes from the world of sports. And let's hit it off. There's a lot and it's very diverse. But uh, as we know, now it's been a little bit. But here we are on the show getting to talk about it. And we'll get into it a little bit more later in the show. But Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts, like Nikki predicted last year, a century ago, was the first one. And we can prove it. We have the podcast out there. So all credit to you, Nikki. You called it a long time ago, and when you said it, I fell in love with it, and here it is. It happened. It happened. Nailed it. I got everything else wrong, so at least I could say <laughs> I got that right. No, I think, you know, Jay, we talk, We all talked about it. I think this is going to be uh, a really good fit, and um, it's kind of make it or break it time. So I'm excited to see, you know, Carson Wentz, what he's going to do there. Oh, yeah, me too. I can't wait. You know, he's obviously going to have a much better offensive line. Um, I think they're going to get another wide receiver, whether it's through the draft or if they pick somebody up, then that may tease another segment that we have going on later. But uh, what do you think now that we talked about it? He's finally there. Does that make him a contender or at least, you know, a better team with that, you know, better without Philip Rivers and now having Carson Wentz, you know, base that on that alone? I can't say it makes them the contender because if you look at it, Phillip Rivers was a better quarterback last year than Carson Wentz. Now well, we have true. better team, but okay. I'm with you. So we have to see if Carson Wentz can take advantage of that better offensive line, the wide receivers that are there. If they are able to, you know, pick up another wide receiver, if they let TY go to go along with Pittman so it definitely makes them very interesting. They're going to be one of the most covered teams in the league next year. Everybody's going to be looking at them. I thought it was a great trade for them. Like I feel like they only gave up a handful of Cheetos, some non-laters. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they didn't give up too much for Carson Wentz. So if he turns out to be that good to great starting quarterback that people believe he can be, it's an awesome trade. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, definitely on paper, it's a great trade. And obviously pans out on the field, it's even better. So, uh, uh, look, I definitely like this deal. I know Nikki did. Uh, Nikki does. D, I, I, of course, I see where you're coming from. Where Philip Rivers, in some way, just real quick, he not like they protected him. I don't want to say that. He got the job done, and he did it well, and he got his interceptions down. But it was more of a dink and dunk type offense, run first defense. But Philip Rivers absolutely did his job. I'm a big fan of what he did, and he did his job. There's no doubt. I just feel like Carson Wentz, 
if they have the offseason, everything goes right, can be that much better and elevate that team. And I do agree, they are going to need a wide receiver because I don't know about T.Y. Hilton. You know, you got Michael Pittman Jr. and Pascal and everything. So we'll see what happens with that. And we're definitely going to talk more about it. Uh, getting to another quarterback, Big Ben. They kind of have to keep him at this point because nobody's going to take on that salary. It's a $41 million cap hit, Nikki, but um, they're looking to at least restructure it where he'll get, you know, maybe low 20s this year or something like that in order to bring in other players. Because let's face it, and let's be honest, guys, they were 11 and 0, and then they had their hiccups, and that does happen to teams or whatever, but they were really solid. Then they started losing players and important players on defense like Devin Bush and and Bud Dupree. So after that happened, obviously they weren't the same team anymore. And it goes further than that with the offensive line. They got to protect there. So I still think they can actually be a really good team next year, a contender for the Super Bowl. I'm not going to go that far, Damian. But um, in this case, they're going to have to keep him. Obviously, they're not trading him. But at the same time, they could look for their, um, you know, successor in the draft. Yeah, now they could look for their successor in a draft or they could have him in the building already, right? They did sign uh, Dwayne Haskins if they believe in him. Yeah. So I think this is the last hurrah for Ben Roethlisberger. See what they can do this year. Like you mentioned, they were 11-0 when that defense was playing at a top level. Um, If that defense can get back to being that defense, we'll see. They do have free agents there like Bud Dupree could leave. Uh, But We'll see if that defense could get back to it. Then that offense has a chance to not have to carry the load and do just enough to win. And at this stage, that's all, that's all you want to ask Big Ben at this stage is just to do enough. Yeah, exactly. Right. You don't want him running the team. Nikki, what you need is a running game to go along with that offense so it can open things up a bit. So that's what they really need to get, again, along with that offensive line if they really want to help out Big Ben and he will have to restructure his contract. So given all that information, if things do work out that way, do you think that they would be a contender again next season? I'm not saying anything like undefeated, but, you know, a playoff team who could make some noise? Well, no, because they're not playing the NFC East again. The AFC North just completely <laughs> swept the NFC East. You want to know why they have so many wins? That was why, because we were trash. No, but... <laughs> <laughs> I definitely agree. Like, like D said, I mean, like, this is it for, for big Ben, like it, you know, again, we're in this situation. It's kind of reminds me of like Eli's last year in a way if they were like, let's throw everything at him, try to help him out, get one more. I feel like we've just seen that too many times. They had, they try to do an indie with Philip rivers. This doesn't usually work, but I guess they really don't have a choice right now. So they kind of got to go with it and do what they can with who they have. Yeah, understood. That's what's going to have to be, at least for next year. We'll see what happens in 2022, but sticking with next year. uh, GM of the 49ers, John Lynch, I love him to death. You know that. But um, he was saying, and I'm not sure if this is something that he's just saying for now because they're not sure what the quarterback situation is going to be. But he said that Jimmy G is definitely this daughter unless he is injured, injured again. And now that's like a dog type of statement. Yeah, if he's injured, he can't play. But do you want to take that risk again? To me, it's a quick no. And you guys know I'm a 49ers fan, and you, you know how I feel about this. I think that they should be looking uh, not not to rebuild that quarterback, but, you know, go out and get somebody. I've been talking about Deshaun Watson forever. And, I mean, there's still other 
players out there. So uh, that's what Lynch said, uh, Damian. And I'm just not totally sure if that's the way to go as far as Jimmy G and John Lynch being on the same page over there. And I do understand that they have a winning record with him. The 49ers a really good record with him, but uh, but at the same time, I, it just kind of like blows me away that they're not trying to do better, knowing that they're really that step up from a quarterback away from being one of those dominant teams in the NFL. Yeah, I guess the way they're looking at it is if he stays healthy and the rest of the team stays healthy, they can make it to the Super Bowl like they did the year before last. Um, and also, this could just be lip service. It could be, hey, yeah. he's our guy. We yeah. got him. He got his back. And then we're going to use his back as we push him to another team. <laughs> awesome. Like, <laughs> right. It, is, it could like definitely, that. it definitely could be that way as well. Um, but you, right. you know, he's your starter right now. So you want to go ahead and insert confidence in your starter if you happen to be stuck with him. So I see why John Lynch would say that. But yeah, you're right. That also is the thing. It's not like you want to say, well, we're not sure about a quarterback position because if you do intend to trade him in, if there's somebody out there, you want to big him up as much as you possibly can. So that is very well put uh, by Damian and Nikki. Yeah, I just want to know what kind of statement that is. Like, what the F is that? That'd be like, well, we're all hosting the podcast unless you lose your voice and you can't talk. Well, no shit. Like... <laughs> I hate when they do that, that non-answer answer, just as an aside, it's just a pet peeve of mine. Like, just, just come out and say it then. So it probably is lip service, and then we'll stab you in the back and ship you off somewhere. Yep, that, yep that's probably right. And, um, you know, again, no offense to Jimmy G, you've done well, but uh, we need definitely an upgrade, a big one. There's no question. And we've seen a few trades go down, but free agency is what we're waiting for. NFL free agency signings can't uh, become official until the franchise tag Part of the season is over, and that ends on March 9th, guys. And then it's open season after March 9th as the new league year begins on the 17th. So that leads us to Dak Prescott real quickly and the decisions that, that Jerry Jones, Dak, and Dak's agent have to come to. If they franchise him, it's going to be $37 million, roundabout, maybe even a little bit more. But if they believe Dak is really their guy, and Damian, you've said it before, you're not sure if he really is that guy because otherwise they would have paid him already. You sign him and you move along. So what do you guys think is going to happen? Nikki, I'll go to you first. What do you think is going to happen in this short time period before Dak actually can become a free agent? <laughs> you know, and what is Dallas going to do? Are they going to sign him and give him what they want or are they going to roll the dice with somebody else? I feel like the Cowboys always do this. Like they're always stringing along. Like they're a good player. Okay. Who are they going to get? Is Deshaun Watson coming to Dallas? Okay. Maybe like, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like if that was your guy, you would have committed to him. Right. Cause that's what you do. So I, I feel like they're just playing like games. Like they normally do. They'll probably franchise them. But then also I'd like to know, like, who exactly can you realistically get that's going to be better? And I, I totally agree right there because I think Dak, when healthy, is the top 10 quarterback in the league right yeah. now. He, I mean, you put his stats up against Deshaun Watson. You make a great point. They are almost identical. Uh, you know, I was looking at them today, as a matter of fact. I had something on a board somewhere. I was looking, I'm like, wow, you know, that same uh, QBR, as a matter of fact, Amy. And so, I mean, look, look if anything, that's like the... Uh, perfect trade right there I think that both teams would do that and maybe Houston would get a little bit more and I understand but 
that does leave us again to the question that we've been asking for the past two years. It's really make a break time for Dallas now and Dak. Yeah. Uh, like I've been saying, if they did believe in him, they would have signed him to a long-term deal, the one that he wanted, right? As the team, your quarterback is your CEO. So if you want him to be the guy for the future, you sign him. And you do whatever it takes to make sure he's there. And so for me, if you don't believe in him and you think you could do better in the draft, then let him go. Let him be a free agent and see what happens there. But just string them along and all these going back and forth. This is what happens with like, you're negotiating a hostile takeover of a company or something. It shouldn't be happening <laughs> yes. when you're trying to get somebody who you believe to be the guy to lead you to the future. Very interesting. Very well said. Um, yeah. We'll see what happens again. They have to either franchise tag him or sign him by March 9th, as I understand. Otherwise he is free to choose. That would be something else. And something I don't think is going to happen. I'm sure they're going to franchise tag him again. And I wonder what his reaction will be. That'll be a whole nother story. But speaking of reactions, uh, we had some serious reactions yesterday as <laughs> thoughts of Kobe Bryant from last year came through my head when I heard and saw what happened with Tiger Woods, the car accident. I mean, there's so much to get into there. And we don't have time for it today. We really don't. But we're going to say what we're going to say. And I will just say quickly, thank God, number one, he's alive. Number two, he is awake and he's doing better. The doctors say that things are looking good as of now, but there's a lot of other injury spots that they may have not acknowledged yet because they're working on the big area problems. Tiger is, what is he, at 45 right now? I'm not even exactly sure of his age, but he's somewhere around there. And you know, I don't even want to bring up him coming back to golf again, but I don't see how an injury like this, he's going to even get back to golf, Nikki. But the most important thing is him being able to walk and him being able to run and play with his kids and things like that. So while golf is definitely on his mind because he's Tiger Woods, I would say family on his mind before anything like that. And whatever's swirling through his head right now is such craziness and it's horrible and we hope the prognosis is really is, is great but I, I don't see how this is going to work out in the future for him I just hope that he's healthy and can have a normal life is what I'm praying for now yeah I mean so yesterday you know how you like go on Twitter you see celebrity trending and you're always like oh shit like did they die right <laughs> like that's how yeah. you're always like oh man why are they trending and I saw that and it was like the same thing. Like, Oh no, we're not starting this year off like last year again, are we? But thankfully he's okay. I know there's a lot of talk out there about why he crashed or whatever the case may be. But I think the important thing is just getting himself probably mentally to a healthy state, right? Like it's just, that's a traumatic experience for anybody. Um, so yes, being, uh, healthy and speedy recovery and being there for your kids and your family is probably, you know, top priority for him. And without a doubt, I mean, we know he's had his ups and downs in uh, his golf career, um, things that we don't even need to bring up right now, but in also including injuries, having to have back surgeries and things like that to get back to the game and play the game he loves, Damien. So Given all these other things, um, I would just like your opinion and uh, what you have to say about the whole situation. I'm just glad that he's alive. You know, like you said, it was a very serious car accident. 
car flip multiple times. And when you see the car, you can see why the police and the medical team said they, you know, that it was lucky that, you know, the injuries he suffered were just those injuries, right? The, and it's serious, very serious injuries, right? With the um, shattered ankle and compound fractures of his other leg. So it's injuries that are going to take a long time to get back to just, like you said, walking, running, doing normal things. So the last thing is, can he get back to golf, especially at his age? Can he get back to golf? So, you know, and good thing he's financially set. So now there's no worry about, let me get back to golf so that I can get back to making money. I can get back to this. He's good that way. So he can focus on family recovery and just doing those things to get back to his life. That happens to be a good point, actually, man. It really does. It happens to be a great point. So, look, obviously here, third and three and everywhere, we're praying for Tiger in every way to get back healthy, better, and God bless if you can play uh, uh, golf again. That would be a wonderful thing, but that's not what we're concentrating on, obviously. So, as you know, um, that's what's going on right now. Big-time news that is not going anywhere for a while. We're going to be keeping our eye on it, no question about it. But uh, we got some other stuff to get to today. So why don't we get to it, guys? Um, but before we go to applause and, and tomatoes, I was going to bring it up last week, but I want the Nikki to be here for this. I put out a Twitter question, guys, just to end uh, Neighborhood News on a light note. Um, what's that one movie that you cannot shut off? Like you you flip in the channels, you come across this movie, and it's like, bam, that's it. I'm stopping everything I'm doing, and here it is. And I got back Shawshank Redemption, The Godfather, Training Day, Friday, the Fugitive, Three Hunts. Mrs. Which one's trash? Oh, <laughs> oh my God! Wow, look at no, I haven't <laughs> seen really any of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, Three Hundred, you better be careful. But then there's Mrs. Doubtfire, uh, Friday Night Lights, Predator, How High, Talladega Nights, Tombstone, Home Alone, Old School, Goodfellas, The Princess Bride, Wedding Crashers. Field of Dreams, Tommy Boy, Sandlot, Star Wars, Forrest Gump. So all sorts of movies like that came up. So I was wondering what your guys' stop movie is. I can tell you right now, automatically, for me, it's Karate Kid, the, uh, the real Karate Kid from 1984. If I see that on TV, done, don't need anything else, not getting up. If I have to go pee, it'll wait till the end of the movie. That's it. Well, I got the pause button so I can hit that. So Karate Kid for me. The original from 1984. That would be mine. What would be yours, Nikki? Um, oh, I answered this poll. That's right. I said Dirty Dancing, and you replied to me, I would expect nothing less. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yes, that's right. That's right. Oh, my God. <laughs> dirty Dancing it is. Nick, you said Dirty Dancing. Ah, da- what about you, Dean? Do you have one that jumps to mind? Yeah, I got a couple. Friday is definitely one for me. Like If it comes on, I'm stopping whatever I'm doing, watching it, reciting every line. Um, remember the Titans another one yeah I have to watch it and it it does come on like all the time like on cable so I'll catch it and uh, also you know any given Sunday I was waiting for that I'm like where is it (laughs) (laughs) like we know that's in there for sure (laughs) yeah and there's a a couple more but those are my main three that they come on no matter what part it's on I'm stopping I'm watching all right. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, no, it was a fun poll question. A lot of people responded. So that was a lot of fun. All right. We're ready to have a little more fun. And uh, <laughs> some of Nikki's uh, favorite stuff over here. We have 
our applause and tomatoes of the day. Nikki, I got a new one for you. Check it out. I am like blown away by tomatoes. (laughs) (laughs) What is that from? How do I freaking know? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) You're the one with the knowledge over here. I have no idea. We'll figure it out. But uh, we know we're tossing them tomatoes, all right? So let's get started, Nikki. Wind up, throw it. Okay. So this is going to be interesting, right? Because usually we do this like in regards to like football or sports. So now we could go anywhere. And I sure did. Um, <laughs> so I know we like don't really get political on the show or we try not to, but I'm sorry. I have to throw all my tomatoes at Senator Ted Cruz for like, piecing out on his state while they froze to death with no power no heat no water the dogs are freezing people with babies in their car and this guy's just like nah i ain't beat for this shit i'm going to cancun (laughs) like gets caught in the airport blames it on his daughter that he was escorting them down to vacation because they had a a trip plan really ted cruz that didn't look like a book bag that looked like a four day trip type of luggage okay don't tell me i know and then you come back to texas and you want to get the photo op you're handing out blankets and water bottles no all the tomatoes miss me on that bs i am not here for it yo i love it i mean you know forget about the you know the politics of it i mean all in all you're right right there you got to be with your state that's that's the way it is you got to suffer with them and be there with them and you're right hold it out i mean you know you said like you see in the amount of luggage you know what's going on they ain't going away for a half hour or a day or whatever it is so i have no problem with that and i applaud you for throwing those tomatoes (laughs) thank you Hi. My my thing with that is that did he think no one was gonna see him? Yeah. <laughs> he like he went on a commercial flight and thought like I'm just gonna go away to Cancun while everybody in my state is suffering through this crazy weather that a lot of t- the Texas has never seen. I'm just gonna go away because somehow Texas is set up there with their own electrical grid that didn't work. Yeah. So we're, we're gonna just let them, let them suffer while I go ahead and go. And then I'll try to pop back up like nothing happened and hand out blankets. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely right there with you to throw those tomatoes, not only at him for leaving, but just a stupid plan to think you won't get caught. Yeah. Get a private jet or something. Come on. I know. (laughs) Hey, look, really. But again, never should have left. And I'm with you all the way. Yeah, that was, you know, catastrophic, especially for us, South Texas. I mean, they don't get that sort of stuff. So uh, I'm with you. That's a good one. All right, Dean, what do you got this week? Uh, so for my tomatoes, I got to throw them at Meek Mill. Uh, he's a rapper out of Philadelphia who actually does a lot of good things. Like Meek Mill, um, for a long time, suffered in the judicial system, was under probation for a very long time for a very minimal crime. And really, his case highlighted what's wrong with the prison system, the judicial system as a whole, right? And has done a lot to get it reformed. But he just had a song recently where he had some lyrics that were just very insensitive towards Kobe Bryant, where he made a reference to a chopper, which could be a gun or a helicopter, and referenced Kobe Bryant with it, which you just can't do. You just can't do when mm. a public figure like that died in such a tragic way. You can't make those type of lyrics. It, you know, it wasn't clever. Yeah, I see what he tried to do there with the double entendre, but it's not something that you reference in a song, especially when you're from Philadelphia, where Kobe 
made his bones in high school. Uh, you just can't do it. It was horrible. Just not tasteful at all. So I got to throw all my tomatoes at Meek Mill for that. Yeah, and I'm, I have to take your word for that one. I actually I have not heard it, but in the context you're describing it, it definitely does not sound good. So I got to give that one a, li- a listen, Nikki. Yeah, was this, didn't uh, Vanessa Bryant, is this what she went off on Instagram about? Is, yeah, okay. yeah, she responded to yeah. it. Okay, yeah, all the tomatoes, not cool, Meek Mill, not cool. No, I definitely got to check this out. All right, both of you are on it. All right, I got to figure that out. Get my you know forty year old body back into the world to see what's happening here. All right, um, <laughs> well done, well done. Um, I admit, I'm, I'm trying to stay with football, just hanging on to it as long as I can because I know it's going soon, and I'm going to have some crazy applause and tomatoes. I'm going to keep track of my week. I'm going to write a journal or something. But for my tomatoes this week, we talked about it before, so I'm going to make it quick. It's the Cowboys and Dak, how they cannot get a deal done after two plus years and. Look, if Dak wants to be a cowboy, then he holds the leverage here because if Dallas franchise tags him for around $37 million and then plays well, then half the league is going to try to get him, if not more than half the league is going to try to get him next season because then he'll have complete total free reign. They're not going to be able to keep franchising him and franchising him and all this and that. They'll end up owing him $45 million or something, which is insane. So, again, just to go back to what we were talking about in neighborhood news, you got to do it. Sign the guy already. End of story. Everything is looking great with his surgery. He's going to be ready to go. But again, if you don't believe in him, move on. Do your best to make a trade because you know what? A lot of teams will take Dak in a second. So again, my tomatoes are mostly at the agent and Jerry Jones. Get it together because I'm going to not, I'm going to keep throwing tomatoes at you guys until you get this stuff done. Dak Prescott type of quarterbacks don't come around that often where you struck gold in the fourth round. You got to keep this guy and you got him on the low for four years. Let's pay him now. It's time to do the right thing. And you know what? Maybe they screwed up in other places and that's where they tied up financially. But you know what? You, you, you got to take care of the right position and that's quarterback number one. So that's my tomatoes for the week. And um, I know that, again, we talked about this guy. So I'm not even going to even ask for your reply on that. We'll just go to actually our applause and get a little more uh, fun out of this thing. So, the crowd's not booing this time. This time, we're clapping it up, baby. All right, Nikki, let's see where you went with your applause for the week. My applause goes to Governor Murphy of New Jersey for signing legislation that weed is officially legal in New Jersey. We are all very excited for this. Um, It looks like they're going to also expunge some of these records where, I'm sorry, to get arrested and have a record because you have weed is the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. Um, And (laughs) it's like, I believe, I didn't read all of it, but I believe that now the cops can't just, you know, search you because they smell weed. So, um, yeah, I am excited. I know lots of other people that are excited. It'll be good revenue for the state, and it's about damn time. Ah, good for you. Way to go. That a girl. You say, all right, all right. go green. Go green. That's go all green. Gonna- <laughs> yeah, right. Go green. They're a really good team to root for. Absolutely. All right. Well done there, Nick. I like it. I love it. I love it. All right. Applause time from Damien. All right, so for my applause this week, I have to give it to Anthony Edwards. Uh, He's a rookie shooting guard for the Minnesota Timberwolves. If you didn't see it this past week, he had one of the nastiest dunks 
you will ever see in a basketball game. Uh, he caught it on the baseline. The defender came out and came too fast. He just went past him and had an open lane to the goal. This poor defender for Toronto tried to step up and do his job and be a good soldier and uh, got killed. He, 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 suffered, he suffered the equivalent of murder on a basketball court. That, if you haven't seen it, go look up Anthony Edwards' dunk. It'll be the first one that pops up. One of the nastiest dunks you'll ever see. Definitely the dunk of the year so far. And oh, it's yeah. up there for one of the best dunks, like best in-game dunks of all time. Because yeah. how violent it was, how high he was. You can only dream of being that high and dunking it that hard on somebody. And he's only 19. This kid, to be that strong and have that much hops right now, is only going to get better from here. So Anthony Edwards gets my applause for this week. Oh, man, I'm with you, bro. I, that was ferocious that dunk it was amazing Nikki I don't know if you had a chance to see it or not but wow again if you didn't if you didn't know his name before you know it now because that was such a sick dunk that was great like it had everything you know the one hand power slam posterization right in your face oh uh, you don't want to be in the receiving end of that sort of stuff man no doubt that was cool as hell and it definitely is one of the best in-game dunks I've seen in a long time so that was great right there all right Let's finish off this round of applause and tomatoes over here. After that, we're going to get into rant of the week. My applause, again, I just stuck with football, and it's something that we talked about before, is the Colts going for it with Carson Wentz, which, again, is an upgrade in my mind over Phillip Rivers. He will be able to do more with the offense as he can use his legs. I think that he's going to feel comfortable there, reunited with Frank Reich. So, again, Nikki, this is more of an applause to you for calling it out right away, but Again, we talked about Wentz's problems being, I don't know, maybe 80, 90% mental. His physical gifts are there. I mean, they don't just disappear, okay? We understand you've had injuries before, but also dealing with a bad offensive line, yada, yada. Now he's going to be protected. Frank Reich knows exactly what to do with him. And again, if a play does break down and he's mentally stable and back to where he was, which may not happen right away, it may take a few games or whatever, but he can still move and we know what he can do. Let's not forget, he did take his team to the playoffs. I mean, 2017, they were locked in already when he got injured. Then 2018, they were, you know, five, six and six, whatever, incomes falls. And then uh, the following year, last year, they were in the playoffs. I know they didn't have a great record, but he still is a guy who's capable of leading them to wins. And now I believe this is a definite upgrade and he will be happy. So, my applause goes to the Colts, to Wentz, uh, to Frank Reich, everybody for making that decision to get that guy over there. Because, again, in my mind, that was a great team last year, especially with that defense. And now you get an upgrade, a quarterback, go get yourself a sweet wide receiver or a tight end, and now you're in the mix. That's my opinion right there. So I know how you guys feel about it. We're, we're going to see. We'll find out. Time will tell. Before that, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. 60 seconds, we'll be right back with the rant of the week. Boy, a play. He don't play by rules. Oh, oh, oh. 
the one giving up the love anytime he needs it. But you turn your back and then he's off and running with the crowd. You're the one to sacrifice anything to please him. Do you really think he thinks about you when he's out? He's a All right, you're back in the house, third and three. Nikki, Damien, and Jay coming at you all day. All right, we're doing sports. That's what we do, third and three podcasts, but we do other things. Who knows what's going to happen with knowledge with Nikki later. We got a whole bunch of great stuff planned for you guys, so stick around right now. We're getting into our rant of the week, and that could be sports. It could be really anything, and we have no idea what we're going to say, so I can't wait to find out. Let's lead it off with uh, Nikki. What do you say? You want to take this one? You want to start her up? I will certainly start off a rant. No problem. All right. Let's do it. All right. So since I just traveled, my aggravation is is fresh in me. You know what I mean? (laughs) So. My rant here is if you cannot like board a plane properly, you should not be allowed to fly. Like, I don't understand what the issue is. I mean, all right, props to JetBlue. Like, I love JetBlue. Maybe we'll get them as a sponsor. Always try to fly them. Shout out. Best staff. Unlimited snacks and drinks. Free Wi-Fi. It doesn't get better. Anyway, um, (laughs) So the gate agents announced like we are boarding back to front, whatever, due to COVID, your row number is your seat number is your freaking row number. So they call rows 27 to 20. Everybody gets up. I'm sorry. Are you hard of hearing? What is the issue? Why are you all standing up in line? What I know you're not all rows 27 to 20. It's freaking impossible. So here we go. Everybody has to crowd the area because you can't listen to directions. I don't know why they they shouldn't even let you scan your boarding pass to get in there because now it happens. You guys take your oversized freaking suitcases that you're trying to shove in the overhead bin. There's no room left for the rest of us who are sitting towards the front of the plane. So I just really don't understand this. I don't know why traveling is so difficult. So I feel like we should have like a passenger score. You know how you have like a credit score? You should have a passenger score. If you are a moron and you cannot comprehend that you're in row 10 and you're getting up for row 27, you should not be allowed to fly. And the craziest thing was I heard the people next to me go, oh, We better get up so the plane doesn't leave without us. The plane leave without you. What are you talking about? They have a manifest. They check your seats. Like, what planet are you on? Yeah, let's hurry up and go. We're in row eight, but they call row 27. Now, I can't do it. I don't know how these flight attendants do it. I would definitely smack somebody upside the head. Oh, wow. Wow. You know, I know a couple of flight attendants, and I've heard some stories, and you're right. It is unbelievable. Everybody's in such a rush to get off of the plane. It is amazing. Like, same thing with cars, I say. Drive a little bit slower. Don't rush through every light and let the idiots be the idiots. And that's it. I mean, they travel in herds. It's unbelievable the things that I've heard. And I'm with you all the way. Yeah. Listen to the rows. They hear it, Nikki. They know. They just want to get up and they want to get off the freaking plane, Damien. Yeah, no, I'm definitely with Nikki. Uh, when you travel, I just don't get it. Even like with me, my most recent flight was with American Airlines. And they'll be like, oh, we're going to do roles. They'll have a thing where they stand up and you're supposed to only stand up if you're in these certain roles. And then you go in order. 
and people are all out of order. I'm number 18. I can see the person in front of me, their ticket is number 25. I'm like, how are you even up right now? And it's 10 through 20. This is, ah, uh, yes, I'm definitely right there with Nikki on the frustration. It's people. Like traveling shouldn't be that hard. It's just people that make it hard. Just chill. Like you said, they're not going to leave. If you're sitting there, they're not going to leave without you. Right. <laughs> we better right. hurry up and get there. Oh, yeah. Gee, what? It might be a little concerned, actually, as to why you're just sitting there. You know, yep, yep. Maybe you're the weirdo for not for not getting up when your row isn't cold. I don't know. I don't know what the what the rule is nowadays. But Nick, I'm with you all the way on that one. That is some stuff right there. Shoot, I'm with you right away. All right, D. How about yours? So for my rant of the week, I went with basketball. Getting a lot of Minnesota Timberwolves love, or at least content on the show today after we talked about Anthony Edwards' dunk earlier, but this one isn't good. All right, so they fired their coach, Ryan Saunders, uh, this past week. And my problem isn't with him getting fired, right? Because the Timberwolves, the past two years and change, have stunk. Like, I can smell it from here. It was that bad. They were absolutely horrible, right? So him getting fired is no surprise. The surprise came is that they already hired a new coach. So usually when a coach gets fired in the season, there's an interim coach, right? Somebody on the staff, uh, they want to see how he looks, give him a chance to be the head coach for a while. And then if he does a good job, he could be the permanent solution going forward. But they already hired their coach, meaning while Ryan Saunders, poor guy, was coaching this bad team, they already were grooming this guy who was on a different squad to be the head coach. They announced it the same day. Like the man hasn't even cleaned out his office yet. He still had the box with the two handles on the side, putting the stuff in. And you're already bringing in a new guy. Where's the respect? (laughs) Like, how do you just have this guy in waiting? At least if you already know that he's hired, don't announce it. Wait a couple of days. (laughs) you don't don't just announce it the same day that you already hired his replacement and how do you feel if you're on the staff if you're like okay he's getting the head coach is getting fired one of us should be the interim at least the assistant head coach should be the interim guy or other coaches out there who are looking for a position are like oh this job was open and we didn't get a chance to interview for it Mm -hmm. so it a lot of layers to this but the first thing is you got to give The reason that this franchise has been so bad, so sucky for the past 20 years, they've only made the playoffs once in the last 20 years, is because of stuff like this. Like, why not open up the job search? Take your time. You're not going anywhere this year. Like, no matter who the coach, it could be Phil Jackson. (laughs) He's not going to turn you around this season. So why not take your time, find the right coach, and also just do it in a professional way. Like I said, the man just cleaned out his office and you already got the new coach coming in. Now I got to walk past him in the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> Come yeah. on, man. <laughs> just let super unprofessional by the Timberwolves. Yeah, let him get the office plan out. Jeez. Yeah, obviously they had a plan, you know, to begin with. So there's no question about that. You know, the conspiracy was in right away. <laughs> knew that. No question about that. That was really, yeah, listen, I'm with you. Um, obviously, they had this whole thing planned right away because, like you said, I mean, one person's walking in 
out the next person's walking in. So it's it's a bunch of BS. There's no question about it. And you're right. If you you know really want to do it the right way, then you would you know go through hirings, like you said. Hang on to who you have now. It's not like you're going anywhere. They haven't been good since Kevin Garnett, like you alluded to. So like, what the hell? What's the problem? So I, I I totally agree with you. And they made a fuss about it on um on that four letter network also. And I happen to agree with them, which I rarely do. So I, I'm with them, Nikki. It, it's it it just it stinks. You know, like you were sniffing around before for that smelly ass yeah. nose. That was so funny. <laughs> Listen, just do things the right way. Like, just be a classy organization. You know what I mean? It doesn't take much to be classy. Just always do the next right thing. Yeah. Yeah, that would, that's why there are great organizations, pretty good ones, and then horrible ones. That's exactly why. So there's your reasons, and and I'm with you, D, all the way. Uh, my rant of the week is also basketball, and D, you've heard me allude to this, um, but I'm just going to make it a little longer and try to have some proven facts behind it. The NBA is really pissing me off with all of three-point shooting. D, you know this, Nikki, I'm going to fill you in. The game has just changed. For the most part, with the exception of Golden State, no NBA team ever won a title, uh, you know, living beyond the arc by just shooting three-pointers. Team basketball usually triumphs over individual player-led isolation team basketball. Jordan couldn't do it until Pippen got there, till he had help and defense. LeBron didn't win it all until he went to Miami. Shaq didn't win it until he had Kobe. Magic arrives to Los Angeles in 1980. They win five titles. You know, Kareem is there. They had Worthy. You know, other Hall of Famers. So all these teams play team basketball, set up, drawn plays. You can add the Spurs in there. You know, hitting a three-pointer was like just a bonus. And these squads were still putting up over 100 points because they were taking high percentage shots. I always tell my students when I'm teaching them basketball, yeah, the three is cool and all when you need it and when you're open. But take a high percentage shot. Get under the hoop. Pass the ball. You could play the two-man game with the pick and rolls. Phil Jackson's triangle offense won him 11 championships. Greg Popovich was a defensive-minded and had had his offense working as a single-unit head coach. He won five championships. None of these game plans involve shooting 33-pointers all night. They're taking away coaching by dribbling up to the three-point line and shooting even when there's nobody under the net to grab the rebound. Isolation basketball does not work for 48 minutes. Not even the greatest players of all time were able to win by themselves for that amount of time. Even Will Chamberlain, yeah, he was supposed to be the great. He should have won 15 titles. He only won two, all right? Because the Celtics had, at that time, a real team, a real squad full of players like Bill Russell, Bob Cousy, and so on and so forth. A full squad very well, again, very well coached. That's another thing. You have to have the coaching. The bottom line, high percentage shots are the way to go. Scoring in the paint, scoring a foot away from the rim, it's easier than 30 feet. You do that and you play defense, working as a single unit offensively, you're going to get championships. And teams have proved that over and over again. Look at the Toronto Raptors of the year before last. Nobody in their right mind would have ever thought they were really going to win a championship, but they did play team ball. Yes, Kawhi Leonard was a star, but you can even look at the Detroit Pistons of 2004. Nobody thought they were going to beat the Lakers. They beat them four games to one because they played team basketball. I'm sick and tired of people dribbling up to the three-point line or even Damian Lillard shooting it from the freaking logo. I'm getting tired of this, and I want to see real basketball again. 
I want to see passing. I want to see somebody get open under the hoop who is there because there was a nice pick or whatever it may be. Plays don't get drawn up anymore. It's, it's called by the point guard pretty much on every team, maybe except for the Celtics. So that is my big gripe with the NBA. As much as I love it, and I'm not going to stop watching, there's just too many three-pointers. And yes, it's exciting. I understand that. But you know what? It's a real low percentage shot. It's like 30%, like three out of 10. That's like considered good, like in baseball average. That's not really good, okay? Because if you're taking 10 shots underneath the net, the likelihood is you're going to score eight to nine out of them, if not 10 out of 10. So, Damian, you know basketball very well. And this is where I'm coming from, where it just shows in the past that team basketball is just the way to go. And, you know, even again, even when I reference that Golden State team with the, all the three pointers, they were still playing team basketball. Yeah, no, you're definitely right. When you watch certain games, there's definitely something missing when it comes to just passing the ball, team play. Um, now, there's going to be certain teams that are just built differently to where that's what they have to do to be successful is shoot three-point shots. Um, they might not have the inside scoring. Um, for me, something that really frustrates me is when I see players who do have the gifts to score inside but stay on the outside. Like Kristaps uh, Porzingis, for example, who's 7'3", 7'4", uh, can dominate on the inside just on his size alone and the fact that he does have a nice touch. So if you just get the ball to him down low, he can just turn around and shoot it over most people. Um, but he stays out of the three-point line shooting threes most of the game. So, yeah, I definitely get where you're coming from in your frustration. You gave some great examples there of teams that won because they played team ball. Uh, the 2004 Pistons are the epitome of that, right? They had a team that was uh, centered around team ball and defense. And that's another thing that suffers today is defense, right? A lot of teams don't play it well, but defense still wins championships. That's one thing that I harp on is that we get so enamored with the three-point shot offense when defense still wins championships. One of the reasons that Philadelphia and Utah are thriving this year is because they're the top teams on defense. So yeah, you, it, it's something that people need to pay attention to. And the youngins, like you said, that you teach, um, that I used to teach, when they play ball, it's not all about three-point shot, defense, move the ball around. And if you happen to move the ball around for an open three, perfect. Shoot it then, but don't right. force it. Right, exactly. You don't just got to run up there and force it. And it, it absolutely drives me crazy. It really, really does. I, I miss that type of basketball uh, a lot. And, it, you know, listen, like we get those Anthony Edwards types of dunks. We get these amazing high-flying dunks and things are they're amazing, but like the jump shot is basically gone. It's either a three pointer or you're going in for a layup or a dunk. And Nikki, I, I know you're not as huge of a basketball fan, but I don't know. Just imagine if, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers was throwing it long first, second, and third down and, you know, maybe completing one out of the three if he's lucky. So that's kind of like maybe the analogy I can make to that, where these are low percentage throws against high percentage passes, like a slant to Devontae Adams. You know where I'm coming from, Nick? Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. That would be incredibly irritating to watch. But um, yeah, what you guys said, I fully agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, just to, you know, to put it in a football uh, context. I appreciate that. Thank you. 
yeah, yeah. Had to try. I had to try somewhere. But um, yeah, so that's uh, that's my rant right there. And, you know, I hope to see more. You know, the Nets are unbelievable. Even KD's not on the floor right now. We'll talk more basketball again at another time. But uh, Damien, you had an awesome idea with um, this create a perfect quarterback. So why don't you actually uh, take us through this one, bro? Yeah, so I have to give credit to Shannon Sharp. I was listening to his podcast, Club Shay Shay. And he had Adrian Peterson on. And he asked Adrian Peterson to build the perfect running back, right? So he gave him the categories. And Adrian Peterson, you know, who's one of the best running backs of all time, it was really interesting to hear him talk about whose vision he would take or whose speed, whose size that would combine to make the perfect running back. So I was like, you know, we have knowledge. We should do this with all position. <laughs> and let's start with the quarterback. And some of the categories we have is – Football IQ, leadership style, size, pocket awareness, field vision. That's something that Jay added there. Arm strength, accuracy, um, mentality outside the pocket, mobility. And the last category, which may be the most important, um, QB that you want to have a beer with. Right? <laughs> all, those, <laughs> all those things combine to make the perfect quarterback. I think that's awesome. I got to do ask you real quick. Did LT put himself in any of those categories, making a perfect running back? Oh, it was Adrian Peterson. Um, I'm sorry, Adrian Peterson. I apologize. Yeah, he did. He said his size, which I agree with. Like, he is, like, the perfect size for a yeah. yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I got no problem with that right there. Yeah, so that's how we're going to do it, D. That's how we're going to do it. You run the stuff, baby. This is your baby right here. So which category are we starting in? So I want to start with football IQ, like which quarterback, any from history, uh, whose football IQ would you use to build a perfect quarterback? Let's start with you, Jay. All right. Um, I, I went through a few quarterbacks and when it ultimately came down to it, it came down for me to Aaron Rodgers football IQ. I know a lot of people may say Tom Brady, um, maybe a couple others, Russell Wilson, but Aaron Rodgers is mine just because of, you know, his ability to catch you off sides and make a big play or find you 12 men on the field. And he can see everything, which is amazing. And he's so smart. He knows every single rule in the game. And he's exemplified that on many different occasions with things that you've never even seen in football, where there's a, a third down situation and they can only move the ball a certain amount. I can't even explain it, but his football IQ charts, I've never seen him make a real true mistake where you're like, what in the hell was he thinking? You know, once he got into his real Aaron Rodgers Super Bowl years. So his football IQ is off the charts. He knows where every single player on the field is, whether it's offense or defense. So I went with him for IQ, Damien. Okay, now that's a really good one. Aaron Rodgers, I love listening to him break down football. He definitely has a high football IQ. Where are you going with this one, Nikki? Um, I also have Aaron Rodgers and basically for the exact same reasons. I mean, this dude just knows what to do all the time. Like it's mistake-free football. Um, so I'm definitely going Aaron Rodgers uh, for football IQ. Okay. You got both of you guys went Aaron Rodgers. I took it back. I went with Peyton Manning for football oh. IQ. Uh, you think about Peyton Manning and how everything revolved around what he called at the line of scrimmage, how he manipulated the defense with dummy calls, with audibles, with even the way that he was set up right before, if he knew the clock was going down, Omaha and the snap would come. 
just he controlled the game in such a way that I would love my quarterback to have Peyton Manning's football IQ. Hey, man, I'm not going to argue there. I mean, he was like an, an artist on the field, the things that he would do. He was like must-watch TV as far as the quarterback was concerned, Nikki. So I, I can totally agree with that one. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, 100%. Hey, oh, you know what? I'll take Peyton Manning. No problem. So we have our football IQ. Whose leadership style would you want your QB to have? Let's start with you, Nikki. Um. Okay, so for me, you know, I looked at who's someone that encompasses the four leadership traits, right, for successful CEOs and QBs. There's actually a study that they both share four traits in common. So they are, do they ignite the team? They're excellent with time management. They know their competition and they are great decision makers. Taking all that into consideration, I would say for me, Tom Brady hits every single one of these almost perfectly. That's a really good choice. You know, his, uh, he's been proven that he's a great leader. He's been the leader of, you know, teams that have gone to 10 Super Bowls. So you definitely can't argue against that one. Who do you have, Jason? Tom Brady was definitely right there. And then it was kind of like last moment thinking when I was thinking about this earlier today. And I went with John Elway. Um, Again, I've never seen any quarterback take such a low talented team to the Super Bowl three times in the 80s. And then he finally got his in uh, back to back in the 90s, as we know. But he was on the same team for whatever it was, 15, 16 years or something like that. And always had that team under control. They knew who the head coach was. It wasn't Shanahan. It was John Elway. John Elway had everybody in line and nobody hated him he got along with his players did he yell yeah so did Tom Brady big freaking deal but John Elway was always able to get the best out of his team when they weren't the best team like I've said before they didn't have a great running game they had a decent offensive line they had I mean a barely below below average defense for sure and time and time again, he was able to get this team to the Super Bowl. I know they lost three times in the 80s, but they got there two more times in the 90s. And behind his leadership and his knowledge, they were able to make it all the way through, even when he wasn't at his best. And that also shows the leadership that he has. So I went with Elway. That's a really good pick. What do you think about that pick, Nikki? No, that's a really good pick. And I really like that explanation. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Down beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> definitely definitely no those are two really good choices i went with an odd choice for mine i went with philip rivers what? for leadership style um, so you think about philip rivers i love how fired up he is i love the fact that he talked trash to the defense <laughs> right and it seems like his players are run through a wall for him um, we saw him play through a torn acl so you know that even though if his office alignment are willing to run through a wall for him He's also willing to run through a wall for them as well. And that just inspires your team to do well. Uh, love the fact that he's going to talk trash without cursing. Gag, nam it. He's going <laughs> to say <laughs> Sounding like a cartoon and shit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I think Phillip Rivers' leadership style would be perfect with all the qualities that go along with the perfect QB. So you hear Nikki's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, man, absolutely. Again, another fiery guy. There's no question about it, but... 
he had his teammates at attention, no doubt about it. So that is definitely out of the box, but I know exactly where you're coming from because he definitely is the leader. There's no doubt about it. One thing you can say about him is that he never cursed at a teammate. <laughs> he definitely can. He he might have got close, you know. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> Fudging. Fudge, <but> right? <laughs> <laughs> so what size would make the perfect QB? When you look at a QB, what QB do you look at their body frame and say that would be the perfect QB size-wise? Let's start with you, Jay. Well, I thought about, again, John Elway, he came to mind, but then I thought a little bit more about, you know, protein and, you know, the way people are eating, eating now and things like that and, you know, working out more and stuff like that. And I went with Josh Allen. I mean, that guy's a freaking mm. truck. He runs people over. I mean, his size is fantastic. He's obviously very tall. He's got a lot of muscle weight. Not that I've seen him with a shirt off at night, nor do I want to, but he obviously does. So the guy's like a brick freaking wall. So his size is great, not just running, but obviously to be able to see over all the offensive linemen, all the defensive linemen, it helps him out tremendously. So his sight and his body strength overall, uh, fantastic. So I would go with Josh Allen, D. That's a good one. I definitely think the perfect QB would take the quantum <laughs> leap, leap, leap. Yay! <laughs> um, Nikki, who, what size QB would you go with? Um, okay, boys, size does matter. Whoever told me <laughs> I to you. <laughs> she was being nice. No, um, <laughs> I feel like I kind of right there with you. I feel like Justin Herbert, right? It's kind of ideal. Six, six, two thirty six. Look, it's just like physics, right? These tall guys can see over their line and they can make, you know, throws that these short guys can't. So I'd say somebody like Justin Herbert would be ideal for me. Okay, those are two really good picks. Tall guys who have that limber ability as well, along with muscle. The guy I went with, tall, just muscle bound. I feel like can take the hits that come, especially if he has all the other abilities from these other quarterbacks. So I went with Cam Newton. Oh, like that, yeah. Yeah, Cam Newton's size. I feel like like if you ever see Cam Newton in person, like, my God, this guy is humongous. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's crazy to see him in person and his body type fit perfectly, you know, for his style as well, especially during those prime years in Carolina. So I think Cam Newton's size with these other abilities would be perfect. All right. I definitely I, I, I dig that, man. Size wise, no question about it. Yeah, Nikki, he's another one who's like, you know, he could run you over, run around you and you're tall, all, all that. No doubt. That's a great pick. I didn't think of that. Great picks, D. Outside of the box. I love it. <laughs> so now let's get to pocket awareness. Uh, let's start with you, Nikki. What quarterback's pocket awareness would you take? Um, so for me, I know he's a short guy, but uh, to me, Russell Wilson, he's just so slick, smooth, composed. Like, I just think he is one of the best in terms of pocket awareness. That's a really good pick. I like that pick right there. It kind of goes with mine a little bit as well. What about you, Jay? Well, we're talking about pocket presence. Um, I thought about a few guys. I don't want to name any uh, in case D, it's yours. But um, I, I think about Dan Marino, actually. Um, Dan Marino was one of those guys who absolutely was 
almost a statue in the pocket, unless he did have to slide and move up in the pocket, which he did very often. And the fact that he had the fastest arm, all right, where he, he can get the ball out quicker than any quarterback, I think, still to date with the, you know their measurements and whatnot. I, I went with him because he can also wait that extra millisecond or half a second or whatever it is to get his receiver a little bit more open because he knows he can get there with his arms. So his presence, knowing when he's about to get hit and knowing when he has to step up and make a move in the pocket, you really want, you really don't think about that. And Nikki, I love your choice. And there's a few others I would pick, but for a guy who was really not mobile and still always able to get the ball out of his hand and on top on target, I had to go with Marino. Now, Marino's a really good pick. You think about somebody who couldn't move. He had to be aware in the pocket because he had to take that one step forward, that one step back, one step left or right. Exactly. Get in the right place. So, yeah, that's a really good pick right there on that one. I like Nikki's pick because with shorter quarterbacks, they have to have a pocket presence to find the right hole to throw through. Definitely. Right? One of the things that made Russell Wilson so good, that makes Russell Wilson so good, that made Drew Brees so good is the fact that they were able to find exactly where to throw the ball in the pocket. Um, who I went for my pocket awareness was somebody who's not very mobile, but does a great job of stepping to the side, up the middle, right at the right time, just to buy just enough time to throw the ball. Tom Brady, mm. uh, I think yeah. he does a great job of moving around in the pocket. And you see it sometimes where he'll just move two steps and they'll buy him another you know, half second, full second to get somebody open. Next thing you know, it's a touchdown to Gronk. So you got to give Tom Brady his credit when it comes to pocket awareness. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm with him 100% on that, Nick. I mean, he's definitely up there. Whatever you, if you want to rank top five or whatever it is, he's certainly up there because he's the guy who crossed my mind, Dan. Oh, yeah, definitely. for sure. Me too. I just, uh, Russell Wilson just edged him out a little bit for me. Yeah, I definitely understand that. So now let's move on to field vision, right? Now, I don't know if you guys ever played the Madden back in like 06 when they had the vision cone back then. Where yeah, <laughs> if your quarterback sucked, you knew it. And back then, this was right before we got Drew Brees. So we had Aaron Brooks at quarterback. This is 05. We had Aaron Brooks at quarterback and his vision stick was like a slender. It was so small. And then I would play against somebody who picked the Colts and Peyton Manning. You didn't even have to move it because he saw the whole field. So right. it, def <laughs> it definitely matters. So whose field vision would you put on the perfect QB, Jay? My field vision, um, I, I, again, another one you have to think about. There's so many great quarterbacks, but it's, a, it's one of the brand new guys, man. Patrick Mahomes' field vision is, is amazing. I, I can go on and on forever, but I don't want to because, we, you know, I want to make sure that we get everything in. But his field vision is incredible. He doesn't even have to look at the field, apparently, to make a complete pass. We've seen that. So, I mean, how much better does it get than that? His peripherals are amazing. Um, you know, he, he sees when people are coming around to try to sack him from the edge or up the middle. And he usually, for the most part, gets out of the way. Um, his field vision is just incredible. He knows where all his guys are and he can make any throw. And he know again, because he knows where they're going to be. So that's why he can even almost do it blindfolded. So his, again, his field vision is to me almost second to none 
from what I've seen him do. Uh, just the throws. And again, you go back to the Super Bowl where he's horizontal and he makes a perfect pass to Tyreek Hill. I mean, these things are incredible. So his, his field vision is just off the charts for me. No, that's a great pick. Like you said, he sees everything going on. Sometimes you're like, how did he even know that was happening on the other side of the field? So yeah, yeah. your field vision is great. Who do you have, Nikki? Um, I mean, it's, it was hard for me to pick against Peyton Manning. So I would say Peyton Manning, but I also just wanted to show a little love. Like I would also take an Andrew Luck or Colin Kaepernick who could read the edge really, really well. So I think any of those guys, but definitely Peyton Manning. That's right. a really good pick on Peyton Manning. Like I said, on the video game, you didn't have to move it. Like yeah. his, his vision literally was the whole field, which was like cheating, but you didn't have to move it because he was so good in real life. Um, Colin Kaepernick's a really good one. That's one that gets under, like we mentioned him last week. He has the fourth lowest interception percentage of all time, tied with Tom Brady, which goes yeah. to his field vision. Um, for mine, I did pick Aaron Rodgers. I feel like Rodgers sees the whole field so well, no matter where he is, if he's moving outside the pocket or in the pocket, he sees everything that's going on. And that's why he has such a low interception ratio because he sees the field so well. So I went with Aaron Rodgers there. So now let's get to arm strength. Oh boy. You're building a perfect QB. Whose arm strength do you want to have, Nikki? Um, I will take Josh Allen. Oh, Josh Allen, who... Yep has challenged Patrick Mahomes to a throwing contest. We need to go ahead and see. It seems like you're going to take Allen in a bet on that one, Nikki. Yep, I will. Okay. <laughs> Who you got, Jay? Well, Josh Allen, from what I heard, coming out of Wyoming, was able to throw the ball like 85 yards. But I've seen Randall Cunningham really throw the ball 80-something yards. So Randall Cunningham is my answer for arm strength. And a lot of people don't know it, but they used to have his quarterback competitions back in the day. Um, oh, I loved before, it. Before the pro, oh, it was great to see who, how far, you know, who can throw. Randall Cunningham won a bunch of them, and you just saw in games also, he didn't even have to wind up so much even to make that throw. He had unbelievable arm strength that people don't talk about for whatever reason, but I would go with him, but Josh Allen is definitely a close one, and there's another guy in my mind that I want to steal it from you, D, but I'm, I'm going with Randall Cunningham for arm strength. No, that's a really good pick right there. Also, if you want to look back at those competitions, Jeff Blake back in those oh, competitions yeah. used to kill it um, yeah. with the throws. So, yeah, he's another one who's underrated. But for arm strength, you're speaking strictly arm strength. This guy's not going to be mentioned because he was not good. But if you stay, you talk about strictly arm strength, Jamarcus Russell. Oh, yeah, he did. Now, he couldn't do anything else. He couldn't do anything else right, <laughs> but he had an absolute cannon. And me being, you know, an LSU fan, I saw it when it was working well. And some of the throws he could make from just horrible positions because it was pure just arm strength were nuts. There was one throw where he's running to his left, right-handed, ran to his left, and threw it to the opposite side of the field, 60 yards down the field. So you have to think that 60 yards down the field – but opposite direction without being able to step into it. Like his arm strength was just stupid. There are stories about how the reason he got draft number one is that at the pro day, he was on one knee from like the 25 yard line and threw it through the field goal post. Like right. his, arm, his arm strength was just stupid. So I went with Jamarcus Russell there. Like I said, he's not going to be mentioned for any of these other categories, <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes just to arm strength, 
Jamarcus Russell, man, it was ridiculous. No, that's a good answer. That's a total out-of-the-box answer, and it actually makes perfect sense. The only thing that didn't make sense to me is why are they asking him to throw from his knees? Are they planning on doing that during the game? <laughs> I don't know. So that was, was weird. But, yes, an arm, woohoo! you got it, bro. You got it. All right, so let's try to get one more in before the break. Accuracy. So a lot of very accurate quarterbacks throughout history. Whose accuracy are you taking for the perfect QB? Let's start with you, Nikki. Oh, man, I, I so tough. But um, maybe this season aside, I would go Drew Brees because he is consistently the most accurate quarterback. Deshaun Watson, I think, got him this year at the number one spot, but I would have to go Drew Brees. Yeah, you know I have no problem with that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that one. Where are you going with that one, Jay? This is where we may have a trifecta because I say Drew Brees also. Look, he's got the numbers to back it up over 55 years. So what more do you want? I mean, he's the most accurate quarterback of all time, even though Deshaun Watson's going to try to take that throne from him, apparently. But, yeah, we got your team over there, D. It's Drew Brees, bro. Yeah, we all agreed on that one. Drew Brees, the accuracy. Even this year, without arm strength to back it up, you still see him with pinpoint passes, putting it in between – just pockets that you wouldn't even think a pass can go into. His accuracy has been ridiculous throughout the years. So I'm definitely there with you on that one. So we're going to take our next break. When we come back, got to finish it off. Mentality outside of the pocket, mobility, QB you want to have a beer with, and then we'll recap it to build our perfect QB. We'll be right back on third and three. As we go for our alphabet soup of music over here, the letter P, you're hearing them all over the place. You're hearing the music, and we know you're loving it. And we're bringing it back to football right now. We were talking about creating our perfect quarterback, which is awesome. Having a lot of fun with this. Again, you guys can join in on Twitter. You can get us at Third and Three Podcast. I'm at Sports Profit One. Nikki, you are at at Nikki Nick nine three eight four. And Damian. The Real Deal, WDA. And I'm at Sports Profit One. That's the number one. Hit any of us up over any of these topics. We're glad to share and glad to have fun with you. So, D, give you back the controls, my friend. You're run, running a great job over here. I'm loving this category. I'm loving this this whole section right now. So let's keep, it, let's keep the fun going, baby. What part are we up to now? Yes, sir. So we just got finished doing accuracy. We all agreed on Drew Brees being the, fir- the perfect QB for the accuracy portion of creating a perfect quarterback. So now it's time to talk about the mentality outside the pocket. So what does the quarterback do when they get outside the pocket? Do they panic? Can they handle it? So which quarterback's mentality would you like outside the pocket? Let's start with you, Jay. 
All right. Uh, I'm, I'm going with Russell Wilson on this one. I didn't give it much of a second thought, although you kind of have to give it a second thought with all the great quarterbacks there are. But Russell Wilson, when he gets outside of the pocket, nothing bad seems to happen to him. It's if he'll throw the ball away, he knows when he has to. He'll make an incredible play. He'll run for a first down. When he gets outside the pocket, he's not nervous, not even for one damn second. He's got full confidence. He knows that he's quick. He knows he can make the play. He slides when he gets out of the pocket. He doesn't, you know, jump and try to bust his head wide open. And that's why we see him play every single game. And durability is, again, the best ability. So his mentality outside the pocket, not to get himself hurt, take big shots, and again, not make a mistake and throw an interception trying to fit it in somewhere where we did see him do a couple of times this year at a desperation, but we know that's not Russell Wilson. So when he gets out of the pocket, I don't think I'd rather have anybody else's mentality than his. Yeah, that's a really good pick. That's a really good pick. He does so much damage outside of the pocket. As a defense, when he gets outside the pocket, you don't know what to do. No, you really Because he could do so much. That's a really good pick right there. Who you got, Nikki? Um, I'm, I'm staying with my Aaron Rodgers. I'll take his football IQ and I'm going to take his <laughs> mentality outside of the pocket. Make me a perfect QB. Now, that's <laughs> a really good one as well. And he makes some, some of his throws that he's made outside the pocket are some of the greatest throws of all time. Mm. Uh, the one against Dallas in the playoffs. You guys remember that one on the sideline? Oh yeah. Oh, come yeah. on, man. That's it's just absolutely ridiculous what he can do outside the pocket. So both are awesome picks uh, for my pick. I went with Steve Young. To give your guys some love, Jason. Oh, all right. Um, yeah, Steve Young, when you remember him getting outside the pocket, he knew exactly when to try to, you know, prolong the play or to escape and go down the field and run. You know, one of the things that's underrated about him is his mobility, and he was able to take advantage of that when going outside the pocket. Uh, he had the famous run where he stumbled into the end zone after going 50 yards. Um, yeah. Because he knew exactly when to do it and when not to do it. So Steve Young was my pick for that category there. So now speaking of getting outside the pocket, you can't do it unless you're mobile. So whose mobility would you want to have on the best quarterback? Let's start with Nikki on this one. Oh, I'm taking Lamar Jackson. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, I can't really argue with that. He can break it off at any time. So yeah, Lamar Jackson, his legs are incredible. Who you got Jay? Yeah, you know, if we're talking about speed and everything like that, I mean, it, it can go beyond speed, you know, again, knowing when to be quick and knowing when to cut and certain things like that. So there's a lot that does go into it. But when it comes down to it, I'm with Nikki. Nobody does it better than Lamar Jackson. I, I, I mean, he dances on the field, literally. I mean, it's like he's like practicing for somebody's bar mitzvah or something like that to be the MC. He's just <laughs> all, all, all <laughs> dancing around, freaking just making everything happen. I've I've seen a lot of great quarterbacks who have unbelievable speed and can do incredible things like spin, you know, two guys away. But um, and some other guys who did that. But overall, yeah, I would take Lamar Jackson, bro. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I never thought there would be somebody outside of Michael Vick that I would take in this category. Right. But Lamar Jackson has surpassed Vick as far as that factor of it. Right. I still think Vick in a, you know, prime for prime in a race may win you know, a 40 yard dash, but Lamar Jackson, when it comes to those other things you mentioned, the quickness, the ability to cut on a dime with Vic, he could break the long ones every once in a while, but Lamar Jackson can break those once a game. 
Yeah. Like, and it's yeah. just absolutely nuts, man. So I agree with you guys on Lamar Jackson. So that's, we only had two trifectas so far with accuracy and mobility, Drew Brees and Lamar Jackson. So like now that. it's, yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely because you, there's so many great QBs throughout history. And now it's time to talk about what perfect QB would it be or who it would be to have a beer with? Let's start with Jason on this one. What QB would you want to have a beer with to finish off the perfect quarterback? All right. Well, I was actually I was actually thinking about Baker Mayfield for a minute, but then I, I gathered my thoughts together and I thought, <laughs> who's got so much football knowledge? Who's got so much championships? Who's got so many stories? And who's so damn funny that I just have to have a beer or 12 with this guy? And his name is Terry Bradshaw. That dude, I don't know what's going to come out of his mouth next. I got to tell you, man, but he is just, I, I don't know. I mean, he's, no, there's no filter on him, Terry Bradshaw. So imagine getting drunk with him, having a beer, or like I said, 12 for Terry Bradshaw. I don't know what would happen, but it would be pretty damn exciting. So he's, he's a guy I definitely would love to talk with while we're getting toward our buzz stage, talk about the football. And then once we've gotten drunk, then, you know, all hell will break loose. But Terry Bradshaw is my guy for that one. That's a really good one. Terry Bradshaw is somebody who I want to have a beer with now. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I can only imagine him like, I only could imagine young Terry Bradshaw uh, yeah. in that aspect. So that's a really good pick right there. What about you, Nikki? Oh, come on. I think we all know where I'm going. I want to have a beer with Eli Manning. And I want to... <laughs> We're going to talk about his future Hall of Fame status. I want to know what's going through his head during the Super Bowls, taking down the GOAT two times. But, no, he does have a ton of football knowledge. He's a cool guy, does a lot for the tri-state area, the community, a lot of stuff that people don't know. Um, So I would just love to sit down. I don't drink beer, so I'm going to have some uh, (laughs) vodka gloves with him and just shoot the shit. The the only problem that having a beer with Eli is is that he talks solo, number one, so you're not going to be able to even hear him in the bar. And two, he talks, so the conversation is going to be so freaking dull. But I can understand you wanting to have a beer with one of your living legends right there. That I can understand. Did you just call him Dull? Yeah, you heard (laughs) D-U-L-L. Okay. No, like with Eli, he definitely doesn't come off as the I got to have a drink with this guy type guy. Um, But I can see why, you know, you say that. He's funny. He's funny. His commercials are funny. I got a bunch of haters in here. Eli, it's okay. (laughs) Like I say, if you got haters, you're doing something right. So drink your haterade and continue on. I I don't know if we're haters or truth tellers. (laughs) all right so for my qb to have a beer with i went with jim mcmahon oh that's a good one yeah i feel feel like he would be a hell of a time at a bar having a good time with him you know he's loyal like i I think i brought up on the show before when he was a backup for green bay he wore his bears jersey underneath his suit jacket at the white house for their super bowl celebration because he still was loyal to the Bears. That right there is crazy. He's like, I'm going to get paid to be a backup, but I'm still loyal to the Bears, okay? You see it. <laughs> That's the type of guy you want to have a beer with right there is no. Jim McMahon. So now let's recap our categories here to see how we built the perfect QB. Let's start with you, Nikki. Go through and recap from football IQ all the way down to 
Eli Manning having a beer. Yeah, that's damn right. I am having a beer with him. <laughs> <laughs> so football IQ, Aaron Rodgers, leadership style, Tom Brady, size matters, Justin Herbert, pocket awareness, Russell Wilson, field vision, Peyton Manning. I'll also take a Colin Kaepernick, arm strength, Josh Allen, accuracy, Drew Brees, mentality outside the pocket, Aaron Rodgers, uh, mobility, Lamar Jackson, having beer, vodka, whatever you want, shots with Eli Manning, because I bet you he will do shots. I cannot picture him doing shots. <laughs> I can. Hang out in Hoboken. <laughs> oh, man, we, we know he's not going to get caught in any, uh, you know, uh, selfies over there or whatever like that, drinking a beer. No, he doesn't want He's going to stay away from that social media crap. But uh, it'd be nice. That'd be funny to get him over there. It would. It would be. I, if anybody could bring the fun out of him, it'll be it'll be Nikki. So I will give her yeah, that. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so Jason, please recap your list for me. All right. So football IQ, Aaron Rodgers, leadership. I went with John Elway, size, Josh Allen, field vision, Patrick Mahomes, arm strength, Randall Cunningham, pocket presence, Dan Marino, accuracy, Drew Brees, mentality outside the pocket, Russell Wilson. Reading defense, Peyton Manning, speed, Lamar Jackson, and have a beer or 12, like I said, with Terry Bradshaw. That's a really good, both really good list, man. Uh, for me, football IQ, I went with Peyton Manning, leadership style, Phillip Rivers, size, Cam Newton, pocket awareness, Tom Brady, field vision, Aaron Rodgers, arm strength, Jamarcus Russell, accuracy, Drew Brees, mentality outside of the pocket, Steve Young. Mobility, Lamar Jackson, and the QB I want to have a beer with is Jim McMahon. I really had a good time doing this segment with you guys, man. I love this. This, this was really good. Fun. You know what? Is, you know what's very unfortunate though. Joe Montana's name didn't get once, didn't get named once, and that, that I'm just sad about that. Realizing it now, I feel like putting him somewhere. Like I don't know, accurate leadership, accuracy. I have no idea, but he yeah. deserves somewhere in the perfect quarterback list. Being in that, he was perfect in Super Bowls four and zero. You know what I'm saying, Nikki? No, you don't actually. <laughs> wow, Jay. Okay. I got you. It's time for knowledge with Nikki, right? Yeah, but you can't change the questions. Right, do whatever I want. It's my segment. I got the controllers over here. Just so you all know, okay? These boys. I got the controllers. It's my segment. That's true. That's true. Right? And here's I could change happen. it. I could just end the meet. Whoop. That's it. Record myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, this is where Nikki. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. And so why she demands them answered immediately. So let's get it going. Tricky Nikki style. This is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top of Tricky. Here we go. All right, Nikki. Knowledge with Nikki. One of our favorite segments over here. We learn a whole lot of stuff and who knows what's coming today, but it ain't going to be good for Jay. I can tell you that right. <laughs> Jay, why you got to come at me? Damn. Oh, in my own business, thinking about how to beard you. So <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. All out of love. So, oh, I know. All out of love. <laughs> Knowledge with Nikki time. Let the music begin and let the brain spin. All right, guys. So did you know that February is National Snack Food Month? So I thought we'd end our February show with some snack food trivia. 
Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that either, but you do now. You learned something before it even started. How about that? Excellent. <laughs> okay. All right. Who's first this week? Or are we just starting fresh? Ah, uh, so you pick it, Nick. You we'll start fresh. All right, Jay, let's go. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, what is the name of the man on the Pringles can? Oh gosh. Wow. Pringles what's the name of him? Um Colonel Pringle? <laughs> That's a good guess, but no. D, you want to try to steal? I'ma go with Chip McChipton. <laughs> Chip McChipton Pringle. Okay. <laughs> you guys are the best. Um, his name is Julius Pringle. Julius Pringle. Wow. <laughs> All right. I get the Pringle part in there. <laughs> no points on that one, though. That's in the name. All right. Here we go. Okay, Jay. Which snack is the number one consumed snack in the United States? Oh, wow. So this is like crazy variety. This could be like chocolate or chips or anything, right? It could be anything. Number one consumed snack. And is it a specific, like, nah, I'm not going to, nah, I'll just try to figure it out. Like, like, if I say chips, do I have to have a category or something? You know what I mean? You, you got to be spot on with what it is. I got to be spot on. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So number one, consume snack. Let's go with, come on, think of something that's pretty readily available. Snack, snack, snack. Um, chocolate chip cookies? No. D? Oh, that's a good guess. Uh, I'm going to go with potato chips. Ritz crackers. Wow. Okay. All right. That's fair. Didn't get it right. That's fair. Okay. Ritz crackers. Learning something new. All right. All right, here we go. Number three. Okay, Jay. North Carolina State holds an annual Krispy Kreme challenge, which is a race that requires competitors to run five miles and consume how many donuts all within one hour? Wow. Okay. Consume how many donuts? So each person, each individual has to consume a certain amount of donuts in yes. each hour? In the in addition to running the five miles, yes. But how many donuts in the hour? How many donuts in the hour? Mm -hmm. They have to eat. I'm going to try to think of some significance here. They have to eat eight. D. I'm going to say twelve. It is twelve. Whoa! Whoa. Oh. <laughs> Look at that. Nice yeah. job. Oh man. Hey, where do I sign up for this competition? If I can eat 12 donuts, I don't mind running five miles. <laughs> In an hour? That's crazy. <laughs> I love it. All right. All right. It does All right. It. Good job. Okay, Jay, here we go. Number four. So Cheetos are uniquely addictive. Aside from their perfect bliss point of being just salty and sweet enough, 
What else makes them so addictive? And there is a term for it. Oh, God in heaven. Jeez. Right. <laughs> uh, oh, um, there's a term for it. Okay. Um, oh, God. I, I am so lost right now. Uh, <laughs> he goes, say the question one more time so I can at least try it. Okay, so Cheetos are uniquely addictive, aside from their perfect bliss point of being just salty and sweet enough. What else makes them so addictive? Um, I'm gonna say, oh God, Cheetos. What else makes them so addictive? I don't know. uh, it uh, what is it? Dramamine? Dra- what? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of Cheetos you eat in <laughs> What? Oh, I, I, I am I, I am gone. My I'll, I I don't think I could think anymore. <laughs> yes, yeah, you really got me this time. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with crunchability. Uh, close. Okay, so it's something called vanishing caloric density. So if something melts down quickly, your brain thinks there's no calories in it and that you can just keep eating it forever. I think I should have a point on that. I do. <laughs> that I, I was, was pretty damn close. Like, I, didn't, I didn't know what the actual term was, but I knew it was the fact that you could bite, like just eat it so easily. Okay. How about half a point? Okay. Give it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nice job. Okay, D, ready for your four? I'm not, but let's go. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> I don't know how it could be. Okay, D. The cookie to cream ratio in an original Oreo cookie is always what? Wow. <laughs> the cookie <laughs> to cream in the original. Yeah, Oreo. no other crazy flavors, just the original Oreo. I'm going to say it's um, two to one cream the cookie i need percentages i'm sorry percentages. okay um 60 cream 40 percent cookie jay uh uh i'm gonna go 55 percent cookie 45 percent cream 71 percent cookie 29 percent cream wow mm. That's why the double stuff is so popular. Yep. (laughs) I don't want no stingy uh, cookie here. Come on. All right, D, number two. What was the original name for Starburst? Oh, wow. So it wasn't originally Starburst. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say it was in the Star family. I'm going to say boom, big boom. (laughs) <laughs> boom burst <laughs> yeah this is so funny now jay <laughs> um okay star burst if i'm gonna think logically or try to think logically i'll say a oh uh, what's that um uh, not um Oh, 
I'm trying to think of something with the damn stars right now, but I can't get the, the, the term in my mind. Um, what, galaxy? I'm thinking of like the blowing up of a star. I forgot what it's called. Like, um, oh God. Gamma ray? <laughs> well, I, I was thinking of that. I was thinking along those lines, but now I, I can't like remember exactly what the, I'm going to say um, ne nebula. <laughs> uh, opal fruits. Wow, that's so boring. <laughs> I don't know why they changed the name. I'm not yeah. buying opal fruits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. This is great. All right. Number three, D, here we go. How many Hershey Kisses does the Hershey's flagship facility produce every day? Wow. Man, so going off the fact that I could consume like 20 by myself, right? <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm going to say that they produce two million a day. Jay, I'm gonna go with some sick, crazy number right now. I'm gonna say like five billion, 70 million. Wow, 70 million. okay, that's crazy. That's a lot. They're making people sick everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number four for D. Here we go. What president was so obsessed with jelly belly jelly beans that he would order 720 bags per month to the White House? Wow. I think I actually heard this. I, it sounds like something I've heard before too, but I can't, man. So somebody with a sweet tooth and by the women he kept around, I'm gonna go with JFK. No, Jay. Ah. <laughs> Was it Trump? No, Ronald Reagan. I was gonna fuck me. Uh, I, nope. <laughs> I swear I was gonna say fucking Ronald Reagan. There you go. There you go. He was good job. He was super old at that point too, so you wanna get cavities, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he claimed he did give them out to White House staff, but good job, D. You took this one. But the most important question I have for you guys is what's your guys' favorite snack? Ooh. Oh. Um, my favorite snack right now i've been going on a run with Reese's sticks like those things are so good to me and like every time i stop to get gas i get yeah. Reese's sticks <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> love it love it um yeah mine is uh there's a bakery uh, close by where i live and they make it's ironic i said chocolate chip cookies before but they make the most unbelievable chocolate chip cookies. If you put them in the microwave for like just 14 seconds, it comes out so perfectly with it. It's warm and gooey inside. It's just unbelievable. So I've had, they come in 13, you know, a baker's dozen. So I've been eating about a box every day for the past three months. Really? I got to get you to send me one of those boxes. If it's like it's every day. And how'd you find out 14 seconds? That's a very particular, <laughs> a very particular number right there, Jay. 
It really is. <laughs> I don't know. Trial and <laughs> error. He probably had two boxes that day. He was just trying all the times on the microwave. <laughs> he out of it. How you how you came up with twelve is beyond me. I was just thinking a dozen donuts. I was like, all right, maybe a dozen, and they'll have like the five, you know, you know, a mile or five miles or whatever. So that's another reason why you're smarter than me, bro. Good job. <laughs> Good job, guys. That was fun. It was. Well, well done. All right. Excellent. Excellent. I believe that we have time for Mount Play a Player, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, we definitely do. All right. So let's do this, bad boy. Mount Play a Player this week. We went with top four moves we want to see in the offseason. So that could be our team, another team, a player we root for, or whatever, just something in general. So um, I wrote down a few, again, just in case uh, we have some of the same, but let's get this bad boy going. Damien, what is your number four thing that you would like to see, the number four move that you want to see this offseason regarding a player and to a team? My number four move is Drew Brees announcing his retirement. Let's take it for <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, go ahead and announce your retirement bro so we can move on he just did an instagram post like maybe a day ago or two days ago where he's endorsing the um copper sleeve the same one that jerry rice and brett Favre do commercials for <laughs> if that's if it's not if you're not saying you're retired come on bro you're playing games at this point endorse just that's the retirement sleeve pretty much yeah it is yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So come on, man, go ahead and announce your retirement. Let us know so we can move forward and see what we got to do with the team. Cause you're holding the sausage right now. <laughs> Dude, you're right. Cause they got to get that thing right over there. You know, I've said I'm not a fan of Jameis or even taste him for that matter being a full-time quarterback. I I'm very curious to see what happens over there. So that's a great one to start it off. All right, what do you got, Nikki? Um, so my number four, I'm going with a guy by the name of Julio Jones. I believe we're all familiar with him. Um, so can we please like get this guy in a team that's somewhat close to a championship? Look, like Calvin Ridley, he's emerged for Atlanta. Julio just turned 32. I think he played, what, nine games or so last season due to injury. I think if Atlanta moved Julio Jones, it would make sense for them probably after that June 1st dead cap, you know, line over there. But I, I could see him landing in like a Pittsburgh, Baltimore Raiders type situation. And I wouldn't even be mad at it. I'd like to see that. Yeah. Him on Baltimore, that's exactly what they're looking for. You know, so if that were to happen, I mean, that's exactly what they need, Damien. Yeah, no, that's a, a really good one right there. Julio Jones definitely deserves to be in a situation where he could be, in a winning situation. So I like that one. Yeah, no doubt. I like that too. I like that too. Um, I know a guy who's sick of losing, who wants to go to a winning organization, Alan Robinson. If mm. they got, look, he's been saying, I want to trade, trade me, trade me. And again, I'm going to that same team, the Ravens that you just talked about right there. You need a guy on the outside. He's that guy. He could do it as well. So I think Alan Robinson to the Ravens would be an absolutely excellent, excellent uh, job if they can pull that one off. So that'll be my number four. So what do you got for uh, three, Nick? Um, so my number three, uh, Stefan Gilmore. So it's looking more and more like New England wants to trade him. I know that they were having talks earlier in the spring, putting feelers out for a trade. Uh, I know production has gone down a little bit, but he's still a very, very good player. 
Um, you know, I know his knees acted up. He was on the COVID-19 list. Um, and I guess every team really just needs to ask themselves, like, is this as good as it's going to get with him? I think he can up the production a little bit. And I think this team should make a play for him and at least have a conversation. I think he'd be phenomenal in Green Bay. So that is something I would like to see. I know they don't make big moves, but I think this would be a good fit. Deep, you first, man. What do you think? Nah, great call. Great call. Uh, well, you know, that's something that we saw their weakness <laughs> uh, well, against Tampa Bay, especially uh, with that. So I think that would be a great call. Yep, I'm into it. Absolutely makes perfect sense. Well done. Well done. All right, we're still on number three. D, what do you got? So my number three is your number four, Allen Robinson. Just want to give even more, a little more context on it. So Allen Robinson has been like the girlfriend you know that's with a dude that's no good, and you know she deserves better. Like that's <laughs> been that's been Allen Robinson for his entire career, right? He's an excellent wide receiver. If he was with a better quarterback, we probably would think of him as one of the top receivers in the league. The guy had 1,400 yards in a season with Blake Bortles at QB. Let's just think about that for a second. (laughs) (laughs) He had uh, 1,250 yards last year with Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles at the helm. Let's get this guy to a real team. Could be Baltimore. uh, Could be another team with a great, wherever Deshaun Watson goes, give him Allen Robinson. Let's just see that happen. I just want to see Allen Robinson with a good quarterback for the first time in his career. He deserves it. So I'm right there with you on this one, Jay. Yeah, man, all the way. That's yeah. I had him at four. You had him at three. He could be interchangeable, no problem. This guy deserves to be on a team with a real starting quarterback and see what can happen because he can definitely put up numbers. My number three, I'm going to a wide receiver again, and this is to help out a team that we were talking about early. It's going to be a weapon that they need because they've been, you know, a little sloppy on wide receiver on that end, but everything else seems to be good. For the Colts, get them Chris Godwin right now. It doesn't look like he's mm. going to be a – you put Chris Godwin on that team, he's going to make Carson Wentz's life a lot better. He's going to make whoever is playing on the other side, whether it's T.Y. Hilton or Michael Pittman Jr., the running game will get better. Everything opens up. You get a guy like Chris Godwin on, on, on the Colts over there, along with Carson Wentz and Frank Reich's mind. I think you got a real winning organization now. No, like that. That's a really good one. That's a really good one right there. I think he would be perfect for Carson Wentz to have two just reliable receivers and someone who can really take the pressure off in the slot right there. I like that one. Yeah. All right. Cool. Good deal. Yeah. They, they definitely need a receiver. So let's see if they go either one of them, whether it's Allen Robinson or Chris Godwin or even this playing OBJ, whatever it may be, but all right, that's my number three, number two, Nikki. Number two, uh, AJ green. Um, good God. I, <laughs> I know last season was the worst of his entire career. He started 14 games, logged just 523 yards. I know he missed off 2009 with an ankle injury, but when he's healthy, he's a top five wide receiver consistently in this league. Um, I know he's also consistently banged up. Rumor has it that Bengals are ready to move on. So a couple places I think he might land. I think if he went to Buffalo, they are immediately more aggressive on offense. I think if Seattle scooped him up, they need a number three. This would be low risk, high reward for them. 
And if OBJ is out of Cleveland, I could see him maybe heading to the Browns. Very interesting. I mean, look, it, at, at this point in his career, it's definitely going to be a team-friendly deal, Damian, no doubt about it. But his ability is there. It's just the ability to stay on the field. And if he can stay on the field and really produce and, and angst it up again, then he can help out a lot of teams. Yeah, I definitely think so. I don't think he's a number one anymore. Um, but again, we don't know because he can't stay healthy. But if right. you you know don't ask him to be a number one, number two, number three type receiver on a contending team, I think it's a perfect match. Yeah, yep. It could definitely cause a threat, especially if he shows something early on. All right, not bad, Nikki. All right, Dean, what do you got for two? For two, I want the Cowboys to let Dak Prescott go. You're not going <laughs> to sign him. Let the man go. And Brilliant. then when you let him go, I want him to sign with the New York Giants. I want oh, Dak Prescott no! <laughs> to, I want the Cowboys to mess up, let him leave and go to their biggest rival and hunt them for the next 10 years. I would love <laughs> to see that happen. <laughs> oh, me too. <laughs> wow, I love it. Oh, that would be fantastic. That really would. And if somehow Saquon Barkley can stay healthy, yeah, you might find yourself a good team over there with that defense. Oh, that's very interesting. I love it. All right, my number two. Um, I, I had a couple of different ways to go with this, but with J.J. Watt's been in the news and talking about a bunch of teams like the Browns and so on and so forth, I think that if he went to the Bills, it's it's a slam dunk over there. They were definitely lacking in pass rush toward the end of last year. Guys getting tired, a little bit older, hurt, banged up, whatever it is. They couldn't do anything against um, against Kansas City. They just kept going up and down, up and down, doing whatever they wanted. So I think you need to get definitely a pass rusher who will at least command attention and let other guys free with that Bills defense and being able to get a little bit more creative like Sean McDermott does. So I think Watt would be a great fit with Buffalo. So that's where I'm going to go for my number two, guys. No, nah, that's a really good fit. I think he would help them tremendously. That defense did go down a bit last year. So I like that pick a lot. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So let's all uh, get our number ones in before, uh, before we go to break. Nikki, what do you got? My number one is the Jets. Like, they have got to make moves. Like, you you hear me. Uh, like, the Jets organization, do you hear me? You have no choice. You have to make moves. You have the second most cap space. Like, they have, like, $68 million. You need to go ham. You probably should keep Sam Darnold, trade out of that number two spot, and acquire more picks, load up with the young talent, and for God's sakes, get some talent around Sam Darnold, there's so many guys that could target. You guys talk about Allen Robinson. I like a Kenny Galladay over there with Sam Darnold if the Lions don't franchise him. Um, And then, you know, they really need – they could get their safeties. Justin Simmons, Anthony Harris, probably a good start. Bottom line is the Jets have an opportunity this year to turn it around, and they absolutely need to. Well, that is absolutely well said, and I definitely agree with you. I like keeping Donald and building around him and, you know, giving players Damien, and let's see what happens. All right, so let's uh, quickly get this going. Uh, D, what's your number one, bro? My number one, Deshaun Watson finally gets traded to the San Francisco 49ers. I'm out here just giving out good players to my partner's teams today. (laughs) Deshaun Watson going to a good team, and, you know, 49ers don't have to give up too much player-wise, just all picks to where Deshaun Watson goes to a championship-ready squad. 
Wow, bro. I mean, as soon as you said it, I mean, I started smiling like the Joker, but actually really happy. I still can't get the smile off my face. Not because I want that so bad also, but that's my number one. Deshaun Watson. <laughs> it's all over. Let's do it. Let's get it done. We have the means. We have it. Let's go get it. We have such a ready-built team. Deshaun Watson would fit in perfectly over there, and he could do anything Kyle Shanahan asked him to do. Please get rid of Jimmy G. He's not even a big cap hit. That's my number one also, Damian. I can't believe you even said it. I love it. Deshaun Watson to the 49ers. Wow, would I throw a party. Holy freaking mackerel, I really would. Wow. I, what a way to end that segment right there. And We got one more for you guys coming up. One more segment coming up with uh, little unpopular opinions and stuff like that. So hang in there. We're going to be back in 30 seconds. up and you know how we're doing it we're doing football basketball all sorts of stuff put together our perfect quarterback knowledge with nikki kicking our butts again even though damien was like you know not bad man I mean, you got one and a half two and a half i don't know what you did but i pulled a big offer on that one mount player player the top four moves we want to see in the off season and a whole lot more now we are up to unpopular opinions i love this i love this doesn't have to be sports again. It could be anything in the world that we want. And let's kick this thing off. Nikki, ladies first. What is your unpopular opinion of the week? My unpopular opinion of the week is, and Jay, I'm coming to your state for this one. Um, I think Florida's getting a bad rap. And I know that's like taboo to say, right? So uh, I just went to Miami, met my brother and his wife down there for his birthday. We had a great time. Everything you see on mainstream media news and social media is like, oh, my God, Florida is a death trap. Everybody does whatever the hell they want. Nobody social distance. No man. So I'm like, oh, what am I getting myself into here? Like, is it really like normal down there? Because it ain't up here. So <laughs> like, get down there. Everybody has masks on. Everybody is social distancing a little bit. Um, Restaurants were at full capacity, but they did a really great job. I mean, there was no menus. Uh, I think they spaced everybody out as well as they could. Everybody was super respectful. Um, So I'm just wondering, like, what they show you on TV versus what's actually going on down there seems to be like a little bit of a disconnect. And granted, it was Miami. I don't know about the rest of the state, but 
for me this week, I think Florida's getting a bad rap. They're actually doing a really good job. They're 27th in COVID deaths and New Jersey is number one. So I think that's all you need to know. Nikki, that's really well said because you're right. Florida, especially, you know, Miami, South Beach, you know, Southern Florida gets a really bad rap. You're 100% right. Everywhere I go, I see people with masks on every single place I go. And I did go to a restaurant, which I never, ever do. But a buddy of mine came in from New York and he's like, hey, we got to meet up. You know, this is about three weeks ago. So we met up and same thing at a restaurant. All the tables were spaced at more than six feet. It wasn't at full capacity, but they were doing their jobs. Everybody wore a mask. So I thank you for that. Not that I'm an advocate for the state. Yeah, I live here in Florida now. Um, but I'm still a New Yorker at heart, but absolutely. No, yes, they're doing the right thing down here. At least most people are. So um, I, I appreciate that. You're you're 100% right. Everywhere I go, people are wearing masks and the social distancing. We have those lines or X marks, wherever you want to say, in every gas station, whether it's 7-Eleven or anything for all that spacing, even in uh, supermarkets and stuff. So they are. They're trying to do the right thing. It's just the stupid people out there that give us the bad rap. Mm. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely. You know, with you guys. Glad that you guys are seeing the good stuff down there in Southern Florida. Now, I spent some time in Florida after my wedding. It was Northern Florida, right <laughs> in Destin, and I saw what they're showing on TV. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so, like, we went in uh, the first night. We go into the hotel. The hotel people just walking around, no mask on, looking at us weird as we walked oh. into the hotel with our mask on, like we were the weird ones. I was like, I was like, oh, okay, this is how we doing it here, okay. And then like we we asked the um, hotel manager, you know, what spots we should go eat at in Destin, and he told us about this first spot. We went there. None of the waitresses had or waiters had mask on. Hmm. Again, we were the ones that looked at weird for having mask on. So Destin. I can't talk about the rest of Florida, but Destin, Florida, they don't give two shits. <laughs> they like, they're living their lives out there. Um, but like you said, the rest of Florida may be doing things the right way. And they, the national media may be just getting stuff from small towns like that. No, you know what? And, and there you go. That's, that's perfectly well said because I, I don't live in Northern Florida. And people got to understand from tip to tip without the keys, it's a seven hour drive north to south, south to north. So there's a lot of Florida. And yes, that is a different part of Florida. I'm not going to talk about the type of people that they are. And that, that has nothing to do with race or gender or anything like that. They just live a different lifestyle. And they think that things can't hurt them. Their neighbors are like 20 miles away sometimes. So they just have a different lifestyle. And that's why their rate is a little bit higher percentage wise. So you hit it on the head. Both of you guys hit it on the head without a doubt, without a doubt. So, all right. Um, that is a, a very good unpopular opinion. And I can attest to that. So thank you for that one, Nikki. And that's why we said South Florida, not North Florida, like where you were at these. So I'm sorry you had to experience that. Next time, come my way, bro. I'll show you a good time. Everything will be cool. We <laughs> well, all good. need to. We all need yeah. to come Jay's way. <laughs> That's true. But yes, you're damn right. We got to find a time where we can all hook up and have, a, I don't know, go on a cruise or something like that. I need it. I don't know. All right, let's get our next one in. D, your unpopular opinion for the week. All right. So for my unpopular opinion, I don't trust people who dip their wings in blue cheese. What? <laughs> I feel like if you dip your wings in blue cheese, you're up to something. You're doing something <laughs> wrong. <laughs> who, 
Who doesn't like ranch? Me. Ranch what? is horrid. It's trash. Belongs in the garbage. Oh, boy. What? Here we go. What? Yeah, I'll fight you on the blue cheese. You don't trust me. I see. Okay. <laughs> this is why your questions are so hard. Because you're choking on that blue cheese. Look. <laughs> you see blue cheese, it's all chalky looking. And it like takes over the taste of the wing. If you use the right amount of ranch, you get the wing flavor with the ranch flavor. And it just mixes together so well that I'm going to have wings right after the podcast is over because I'm getting hungry thinking about it. Mm. <laughs> it, it, it mixes together so well. Blue cheese? Oh, it's just, what is, first of all, what makes it blue? Huh? Do we know that? Yeah, Do we know cheese. what makes the cheese blue? Yes, it's aged, okay? <laughs> it's aged. It's aged. Do I trust old cheese? You trust huh? ranch? <laughs> Don't tell me you put ranch on your pizza. Every once in a while I do. No. Uh-uh. Every once in a while this I do. Abomini- Jay, back me up, Jay. You're from hey, here. Uh, this is back <laughs> up on. There's no way that there's any sort of substance like that going on my pizza. Not a shot. Yeah. That's the New Yorkers and the New Jersey coming out of us. So no freak. That's not even allowed. If you ordered that, you're getting your ass kicked outside. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I, sometimes I do it. Like not every not every time, but every once in a while I might dip the crust in some ranch. <laughs> now, I would never dip my pizza in the blue cheese. Mm. Oh hell no! <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel right now. So you dip the way strictly in ranch. Like you don't like blue cheese, or do you like blue cheese like on certain things? Or no, I don't like blue cheese at all. Okay. Yeah, so I dip mine in ranch. I've had blue cheese on like a burger on accident and it was okay. Mm. But ranch is definitely better than blue cheese. And I don't trust you blue cheese dippers. Uh-uh. <laughs> we don't trust you dipping your crust ranch dippers. With pizza. <laughs> it's asinine sin. It's a sin. That's the eighth deadly sin. Ranch well, on I, pizza. I'll tell you what I don't trust. And that's double dippers. All right. Don't do yeah. that. <laughs> don't double dip. We can all agree on that. Not in public. Be an animal in your own house. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> definitely definitely <laughs> yeah, that was good i like that i like that you two going at it i could just get to sit back for a few minutes and and just enjoy that was i beautiful. keep going but i'm hungry but wings <laughs> wings and blue cheese sound really good all right then i'll get to my unpopular opinion quick over here and then we got some dinner fight club for you that should be fun bring back an old dna goodie that d and i did last week so my unpopular opinion uh, again I, I stuck with sports on this one so hear me out guys there are way too many teams in each in each professional sports league, whether it's hockey, basketball, football, baseball. And I think that all of them should contract at least two teams. Contract few people who don't understand what that means. That means get rid of them. Get rid of two teams so we can combine the talent and have better play. This way, like I said, the talent in the league, the competition would be much better. Every year in every pro sport, there are at least three to four teams that have no chance to win from day one. No professional team should go an entire season without winning a game like the Lions and Browns did going 0-16. When was the last time we said the Knicks are a real threat for the championship or the Timberwolves or the Kings or the Hawks? I can't remember the last time I penciled in the Lions, I don't know, Jaguars, Jets, or even the Bengals to make the playoffs. And this is the case in every sport, but it won't happen because of the almighty freaking dollar. Instead, they're going to keep adding teams on 
and lessening the talent pool. Are you giving other people shot to be pros? Yes, that's the only good thing I can take out of it. But other than that, I'm sick and tired of watching teams that I know suck before the year even starts. So there is a lot of talent in every one of these leagues, but we need to condense them into better teams and better competition every night where the spread isn't 17 and a half when Kansas City's playing Denver or something like that. That's pathetic. We can't have stuff like that. So my unpopular opinion, get rid of two teams, at least in each of the major sports, and let's condense the talent and have better competition. Guys, I know that there are people in cities that are thinking, oh, well, you, you want to take away the Timberwolves right now, or you want to take away the Detroit Lions, whatever it is. It's not that I'm nitpicking over here. I'm just trying to bring out a point, guys, where we need more talent, more condensed. It's too spread around. And that's why we know that every year teams are not going to be good and not going to be in the hunt. And Damien, we're very rarely surprised when that does happen. It's not often. Yeah, no, it's, that's a good point for me. It's just the take away, uh, the taking away of jobs would be the only thing that would, you know, cause me to pause on that, but you're definitely me right too. about, yeah. Certain, yeah, like, yeah the only thing sorry. that we talked is that, you know, more, you know, more pro jobs and everything. So that part does suck. I'm with you, bro. Yeah, but you're definitely right about the competition. Um, one of the reasons that I tell people that the WNBA is so good, there's only 12 teams. Mm-hmm. So each team like has truly the best of the best in the WNBA. Uh, and a lot of people, you know, guys, oh, it's women's basketball, you know, no dunking. But you get the best players playing the best. Like it's unbelievable competition each and every night when you watch the WNBA because of that. And it does make it even harder to get into the league. So you have to have the best of the best everywhere. Um, so I do agree with that on that standpoint. But also, if the WNBA added more teams, I wouldn't be mad at it because now you have more jobs. Yes, and that and that and absolutely right. And again, I'm not trying to take away anybody's job. This is, again, again, a general hypothesis of how to make the leagues better. I don't want anybody losing their job. Right. And that's the only as far as I can see, that would be the only bad part of it. But Nikki, do you see where I'm coming from with this whole thing? Yes, right off the jump. I'm getting rid of the Jets. I'm getting rid of Jacksonville, <laughs> ship them to London. I don't know, create jobs over there. Who else am I sick of watching? Yeah, I'm tired of watching the Lions lose. Like, yeah, you that's three right off the bat that you could just like straight get rid of. The Redskins are trash. They can go away too. Yeah, I just named four. So we can do that. I'm with you. They'll find jobs. <laughs> Without a doubt, there's a lot of other leagues out there. But, uh, yeah, again, that would be the only downfall of it. But the competition would be a hell of a lot better. So, yep, there's uh, a lot of good and bad in almost everything. Not everything can be perfect, but we try our best. So we'll try to be perfect here in Dinner Fight Club, which is probably an impossibility because, again, it's more of an opinion thing. But let's get this bad boy going. I got a few. You guys got a couple out there or what? Yeah, I got a few. I got one. All right. All right. Um, all right, let me start it off over here. I did comedy last week. I'm going to go to three more comedians. Um, here we go, guys. Dinner Fight Club. So you're going to either have dinner with this man or woman. You're going to have this either man or woman back you up in a fight, or you are going to the club to have a good time and party. The three names are, for round number one, Chris Rock, Kevin Hart, and Jim Carrey. Let's who wants to go first wow damn <laughs> that's a tough one because i don't think any of them can fight 
I'm like, who the hell am I taking in a fight? <laughs> Myself. I'll tell you what. I would take Jim Carrey in a fight if he can do anything like he was in, you know, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. He had a couple of good moves over there, even though he almost got his ass kicked by a woman who was really a man. But that's a whole other story altogether in the movie. Um, Jim Carrey. So I'll take him probably in a fight. Mm. He's completely nuts. Um, Kevin Hart, I'm partying with all the way. And Chris Rock, he's probably got so much to talk about and so much knowledge throughout his years and the people that he's met not that the others haven't but i would love to sit down and have dinner with chris rock so that would be my order guys yeah that's a good order um jim carrey yeah i think he could be so weird he could scare off people yeah i'll take him, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take him in a fight um i'm actually going to go to the club with chris rock because you his newest special you learned that he's single now Right. Uh, so he, he, yeah, he can he can have fun, do his thing. Kevin Hart needs to stay away from the club from his specials. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll I'll try to keep him away from that. I'll take him to dinner so I could pick his mind, not only comedy wise, but business wise. Um he a lot of yeah. people, you know, like to nitpick on Kevin Hart because he's the biggest comedian. And a lot of people don't think he's the best. But the fact that he's become the most successful and isn't rated as the best shows you how hard he works and what he's doing business-wise so i would love to pick his mind on the business side of things i like that and and that's a great point because he is there's no doubt i saw um this big clip of him when he went back to philly and like he knew people from the neighborhood and everything i'm a big i'm a big big fan of kevin hart i think he's absolutely hysterical you guys ever see central intelligence him and the rock hilarious hilarious Uh, Mm-hmm. hilarious and i love the outtake I, i'm sorry to go on a rant over here but the outtakes at the end of the movie uh um what do you call it kevin hart is saying it's like having a whole bunch of like stupid names you know like like uh you know superman or uh or uh sierra or the rock that's <laughs> <laughs> i freaking yeah. lost my shit man I, he's great i love him <laughs> he's great well nikki what about you See, I feel like Kevin Hart could talk his way out of a fight. Like, I feel like he would just exhaust people. <laughs> so I might have him back me up in a fight. Uh, I think I probably would go to the club with Jim Carrey because I think it would get really weird, really entertaining, and probably have dinner with Chris Rock. All right, all right. I'm digging up. We had all three different answers. Funny all of them. I love it. All right. All right, Damien, you got one for us? Yes, I'm going to go with NFL coaches for my first one. Bill Belichick. Bruce Arians or Andy Reid? Who you got, Jay? Reid. Okay. Uh, Andy Reid, we're definitely going to eat because he's going to order a lot of food, and I'm sure he's taking the paycheck, so I'm definitely going with Reid over there. Um, Bruce Arians scares the shit out of me, so I'm going to take him back me up in a fight. He's just a scary old dude, man. I feel like he's like he can wrestle a bear or something like that. So with that being said, I will sit down and talk to Bill Belichick because he's going to have no freaking choice. It's just going to be me and him. There's no audience. There's no microphones. There's no media around. Bill, I'm going to sign a contract right now that I will never say anything that you say. I just want to finally be the only one in the world who knows what goes on in that head of yours. So that's why I would go to dinner with him. That's a good answer. That's a good answer on that one. I see why you would go with those three choices. Who you got, Nikki? Oh, man, I... 
no, I'm going to the club with Andy Reid. I feel like that'd be a wild time. Like, <laughs> shit would get wild. I think it would. You see his, like, little dancing in the locker room and all his, like, <laughs> when they win. Oh, my God. I, I got to see those moves in the club. Uh, yeah, I think I'm with you. Bruce Arians in a fight. I feel like he will just, like, knock you the hell out. And, yeah, dinner with uh, Bill Belichick. It may be something. It may just be, like, Ron of Cincinnati. I don't know, but I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, I make sure that if we do have a uh, dinner with that guy, that we definitely have a little bug mic'd underneath the table. So, at, you know, at least we can get the goods and then, you know, get paid for it later on. So, what would you do, Ding? So, I'm going to dinner with Andy Reid. Like you said, that man knows how to order a plate. Oh, yeah. So, he's going to know the best barbecue restaurant in Kansas City. Got to go enjoy that. Um, I am going to take Bill Belichick in a fight. I think Bill Belichick is scrappy. Mm. I think he I think he has an edge to him. And you know, if you wear a cut off sleeve sweatshirt, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I, I, you, got, you definitely got some scrappiness to you. And I'm taking Bruce to the club. I think Bruce Arians, you know, gold chain, the Kango. I think sneaky, <laughs> he could be a ladies' man, sneaky on the sneaky side. So I'm taking Bruce Arians. <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe the, you know, with the white beard and everything, he could pull it off. I don't know, Nikki. What do you think? <laughs> maybe i want to know all right d so do you think andy reed is a blue cheeser or a rancher with his wings <laughs> he's probably he probably does both he's probably somebody both? who appreciates <laughs> both sides of the coin on that one <laughs> hit us up andy hit us up on twitter <laughs> let us know let us know buddy <laughs> all right nikki what do you got uh, I got one for you guys, taking it back, a little TGIF style, the best slate of shows in the 90s. I got Uncle Jesse from Full House, Tim the Tool Man Taylor, and Mr. Cooper from Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Oh, wow. That's a really good one. <laughs> Very good. Wow. Go ahead, D. You go first. Oh, as a 90s kid, this is my dream. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I am going to go to the club with jesse like gotta be a good time there ladies all this good, good stuff that comes along with him <laughs> um cooper was tall and long so i'm gonna take him in a fight and then we can go ahead and have dinner with tim the tool man taylor he can teach me some things uh well him hopefully he brings his assistant with him so he I won't do. hurt himself <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> I like that. All right. Um, yeah, I think I would go uh, Uncle Jesse. Uh, yeah, in the club. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I'm with you on that one, D. Um, I'm definitely hanging with Mr. Cooper. So we're talking. We're, ha we're having that dinner action. And I'm going to take Tim the Toolman in a fight because he's probably going to have a hammer and some other tools in his back pocket. So we could just whip that crap out at any time and start smashing. <laughs> at him, so. I feel like he's going to hurt himself in the fight, though. It probably <laughs> <laughs> You probably would, man. <laughs> oh, Jesus, good. Uh, what do you got? <laughs> um, so I'm going to the club with Mr. Cooper because I think that'd be a swell time. I can only imagine. Uh, <laughs> I feel like Tim the Toolman, he could do that weird sound effect. D, you could probably do it and just like weird everybody out in the fight. You know what I mean? Just like, Rrr. yeah. Like, <laughs> Uh, and I'm going to have dinner with Uncle Jesse because, yes, I am married, but we all know married people have that list. Uncle yeah. Jesse's on my list. So, yeah, I'm going to have dinner with him and uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Great, 
with the list, Nikki, last week um, I did uh, Ross Chandler or Joey in uh, the Dinner Fight Club. And then uh, and what was what would you say that last part with the list? Today they had the episode on where Rachel and Ross can each have five people on their list. And then that uh, Italian woman comes and he had to take her off because Chandler said, no, no, you can't have any international woman. You're never going to meet them. So that was just amazing how that all came together. <laughs> I yes, love that. everybody. Yes, we each have a list because you never know. <laughs> Life's weird. <laughs> Hilarious. All right. All right. Here's my last one. Okay. So I'm going to go with Nikki. This one's for you, sweetie. Uh-oh. The 2004 draft class, the quarterbacks, Eli, Big Ben, and Philip Rivers. Where are we going, Nick? We should change this to fuck, Mary kill. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so I'm gonna take Big Ben in a fight. I think Philip Rivers in the club would be pretty hysterical. And since I'm having a beer with Eli, I might as well just have dinner with him, too. That makes sense. That makes sense. I'm t- you talking to Eli, you, you never know. Maybe you get a shot with him. Maybe you just have like those dual, you know, uh, marriages or something like that. No, <laughs> no he's not on my list. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so I was going to disown Nikki if Eli Manning was on the list. No. <laughs> Tom Brady is, though, so that's two. <laughs> <laughs> that, Tom, brings, Tom makes sense. Oh, geez. All right, D, what about you? Eli, Big Ben, and Rivers. So, yeah, Big Ben in the fight, huge, especially in his prime. You can't tackle him, so he probably can use his strength to buy slam some people. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with, I got to go Rivers in the club. So I'll have to have that beer with Eli, I guess. Got me there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Shoot. I got to do it. <laughs> All right. so uh, I'm with you guys. Definitely. But uh, well, actually, no, I'm sorry. I'm not with you guys on that one. I'm, I'm taking Rivers in a fight. Like he's going to take out all that gosh, G Wilkerson stuff out on people and just blow <laughs> up. We, we've seen how mad he gets. So, uh, so I'll do that. Um, Big Ben, actually, I'm going to go out to dinner with Big Ben, believe it or not. Uh, I'd like to talk to that guy. Even on the same team, Pittsburgh, you know, know about their culture, you know, winning Super Bowls and stuff. Not that Eli hasn't. But if I go to the club with Eli, I can use his wedding band as me being like the wingman. And, you know, every every female who's single loves a married man, as we know, of course. Right. So I could just play off of that sort of action and I don't have to listen to him because it'll be loud in the club again. Where it's loud, I'll take Eli so I don't have to listen to him. So that'll be my way. And that's I don't appreciate that. I don't appreciate it. I feel (laughs) I I will not tolerate the Eli slander. I feel personally attacked. (laughs) This is ridiculous. That's how I feel in knowledge with Nikki. It's the only way. (laughs) Personally attacked. Got it. (laughs) Oh, geez. We got one more? Yeah, I got one more for you guys. All right. So we're going to do the free agent quarterbacks. Dak Prescott, Cam Newton, or Ryan Fitzpatrick? Where are you going with that one, Nikki? Wow. Okay, so it's Cam Newton, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Dak Prescott? Yeah. All right, so who do I want to have dinner with? Okay, so I want to have dinner with Fitzpatrick because you do you guys know that he scored the highest on the Wonderlick test? He scored a 48. Yeah, Harvard. Yeah, I think. Do you guys also know that you can take it online? Like, uh, I think I want to try it this weekend. See what I. I'll probably get like a twelve. We, we should all. We should definitely all try before next show. We should. 
good idea. Like, like Damien got a six. <laughs> <laughs> Beat down knowledge with Nikki. You got like a four. <laughs> we should definitely try it. Um, so I will go to the club with Cam because you guys know I love how he dresses. I gotta see what that club outfit's like. Uh I'll take Dak in a fight. I think he can hold his own. I, I like it. I dig it. I dig it. I you know, Cam said he was going to tone it down a little bit with the dressing. So, I mean, I don't tone it. He's going to have to tone it way the hell down. So he's just going to tone it down a little bit. I'm going to the club with him, no doubt. That guy knows how to have fun. He'll party. We'll have a great time. Dak and Fitz is interesting. I feel like I can interchange them both. But, Nikki, I'm with you. I'd like to talk to Fitz. Harvard guy, you know, he probably knows a lot of stuff about a whole lot of things. So I can get my knowledge with uh, Fitzy over there. And then uh, – and Dak, oh yeah, I'm Dak. For, without a doubt, I'm sure that boy can throw it down. So I would definitely uh, have him taking my back over there, man. Okay, yeah, I like that as well. Uh, for me, I would go to the club with Cam. We got to get our anger out after that kid was so disrespectful at his camp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so and then yeah, Dak in the fight, pretty big dude, handle his own, and Ryan for dinner. I think it'd be a good conversation. Not only because he's smart, because he just like one of those quirky dudes it'll be an interesting yeah. conversation <laughs> yeah yeah i agree with that yeah he's it's, it's not going to be like well yeah see well back elementary my dear watson no it's not going to be like he'll <laughs> <laughs> have a good time there's no doubt like we have a good time on third and three every freaking wednesday don't we we do damn, we do mm-hmm. you're damn right we do that's how we do it third and three Back in action over here on Wednesday night. I think it's February 24th. If it's not, oh, well, look at your calendar. Figure it out. Guys, we had an absolutely awesome time. Great show. Welcome back, Nikki. Even though the knowledge with Nikki destroyed me, I don't know if I'll be able to sleep for a couple of days, but I will be eating a lot of snacks. That I can tell you right now. There's no doubt. Hey, let's give out our handles one more time. First, we're at Third and Three Podcast. So check us out over there on Twitter. Nikki? You can find me on Twitter at Nikki Nick nine, three, eight, four. And since football season's over, it's a little more tweeting of Bravo, but I think it's very entertaining. Yes. And if she doesn't get off of this, uh, off this call soon, you're going to see a cheeseburger icon next to her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wings, blue cheese. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Very well done. All right, D tell them about the show, baby. Where's that? Yeah, so wherever you're listening to this podcast, go ahead and subscribe to The Real Deal with Damian Adams, who episodes dropped every Sunday night. This past Sunday, just dropped an episode about the All-Star game, the uh, NBA All-Star starters and reserves. So you can see now if my reserves match would actually happen this week. So it's still very fresh. Go ahead and check that one out. The Real Deal with Damian Adams on all podcast platforms. And follow me on Twitter at The Real Deal WDA gonna be a lot of boxing a lot of basketball every once in a while just some funny anecdotes and i'll be following nikki and whatever she's watching below deck i'll try to catch it (laughs) (laughs) no doubt yeah t again wonderful job on all your shows i mean you go all out again with the graphics i love every bit of it and going solo is a tough thing to do man that's why i enjoy this third and three podcast so much we get to banter, rant all over the place, the two of us, and fights that are fun fights, loving fights, and, you know, everything is all good. Love doing this show. New ideas, new segments are going to pop up every week. Again, we'll get into more basketball. We might even talk about baseball for 15 or 16 seconds. I mean, that's probably all you're going to get out of us for that one. But 
still, we got football to talk about, the draft, off-season trades, all that great stuff. So we ain't going nowhere. You'll see us back here next Wednesday, same time, same channel, Third and Three Podcast. We are out of here for now. Peace. Bye. That's all, folks.